Are you a brewhead? I'm a brewhead. Are you a brewhead? I'm a brewhead. Y'all a brewheads? Yeah, we brewheads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. What's good, y'all? This is C-Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 63 of Beer Another Shit, the podcast, adjunct series, quarantine edition. This evening, ladies and gentlemen, we have a special episode. Uh, before I tell you any more about our guest, you know what time it is, guys. It's sponsor time. Huge shouts to Dr. Nick's amazing man stuff out there in Massachusetts. See if I can get that all on the screen. Look at that. Um, these guys are the beard plug. They keep it. Whoa, shoot. They keep everything looking fresh. These guys have been rocking with us for the last uh, month or so. Uh, I've been using their products since January. I'm not a beard oil guy. By the way, they make beard oils, balms, and sanitizers. I'm not a beard product guy. I don't like, I don't know, hair gel and slimy shit all over me, but this stuff is really fantastic. It's super smooth, super subtle. It's given like some like life to the beard, but also it's like uh, some texture. My my beard was mad dry, and now using the oils and the balms every day um, has really given it a, a bit more of a bounce, um, and I've really been enjoying it for real. You know, as you guys know, if you listen or watch, we don't really do sponsors that much, um, if hardly at all, if I'm honest, and um, it really has to be a good fit, and these guys absolutely share the craft beer ethos. Um, like I said, they're based out of Massachusetts. I know them through my good friend Giles, who you might remember if you're a long-time viewer or listener from my episode in the 40s in Vermont. He used to own a hotel, uh, Hostel Tevray, which was like a ski hostel with an incredible craft beer bar. So we interviewed him on the first trip. He became a good friend. He's featured on the channel a few times. Every time we go to Vermont, we catch up. So he linked me. He's working with these guys. Obviously, anything Giles says, I'm with it. So the products, uh, each, you know, every time we talk about, we want to focus on something different. This evening, we're talking about their beard sanitizers, which is this is such an interesting thing called shelter in face, which is hilarious. Um, this is obviously great timing based on what we're all going through in the world right now. So the way Nick Nick came on the podcast, like Doctor Nick came on uh, a few weeks, maybe like a month ago, and he was like, "Say you're out shopping or whatever, and you've been in the store, you come back in your car or you leave the store." still got your mask on. He goes, you just spray your face with this stuff. It's like a cooling mist. And both of these flavors are citrus. There's a blood orange and a key lime. And apparently the citrus really like gives you a bright uh, awakening kind of feeling. And uh, it not only sanitizes your mask on the outside and your face, and you can take the mask off and you can kind of massage it into your beard. And even by doing that, it, mass- it uh, sanitizes your hands too. So it's a, it's a really fun, convenient product, super small and lightweight. All of these um, products use essential oils, not fragrance oils. So, you know, it's expensive stuff, all made in the U.S. It's not like the cheap stuff that, you know, irritates your skin. All the bottles, caps, everything is all U.S. made. So they keep it local, hence the craft beer ethos. And speaking of craft beer, they're doing a series where they're collaborating with craft breweries to make beard oils based on some of their big beards. And these are not small breweries. They're working with Treehouse, Trillium, Lawson's, Vitamin C, like a whole bunch of New England breweries. So very impressive. And also, last thing, they are giving you guys a chance to get these cheaper, of course. So you're going to rock a 15% discount using the code BAOS21. Tiff is a queen, and she just put it in the comments there. It's also in the description if you are watching. If you are listening, it's also in the show notes. Um, the, the, this is Dr. Nick's, D-O-C-T-O-R, Nick's, N-I-C-K-S dot com. Check it out. And if you order, say, these, I think everything's around the 20-something dollars mark. If you order two things, it's over 40 bucks, and uh, it's free shipping across North America. So Dr. Nick's amazing man stuff, B-O-S 21, get your discount, get it on ya. Now, with that said, this evening, we're taking it back to Ontario. 
This is a brewery uh, we just realized we had been talking a few years ago when they opened, and uh, this obviously isn't the optimal way to do this, but, you know, next best thing. Uh, I'm going to bring him right on. We have this evening, where is my damn thing? We have Jeff from Canvas Brewing. Sir, <laughs> welcome. Look at that set, mate. Look at that set. That is Thank gorgeous. You. That is. Uh, I don't know I'd get an applause either. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like just spring it on you. Great to meet you, man. Great to have you on. You too. Yeah. No, thanks. Yeah, it's been uh, yeah, a couple of years, and it's been uh, finally good to meet you and yeah. get talking with you and uh, get this going. Like, it's, uh, you know, it's unfortunately you couldn't, you couldn't come out to the brewery and come see what we're actually doing right there, but uh, it's the next best thing. Next best, you know, and we'll take it for now. You know, we'll get out there eventually as soon as all this nonsense buggers off. Um, I want to definitely shout out your wife for putting together this gorgeous set. I love it. The backdrop, oh, the, the props, the wall, it's really attractive. It's A1. I'll let you know, those are real brick, too. There's a real brick, not even green screen. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely not green screen there. <laughs> Doing good, mate. I love it. So I've been looking forward to this. Actually, uh, aside from speaking to you back then, my brother lives in Toronto and he's our audio engineer and does a bunch of photography for us. So he, his yeah. friend got hold of some of your beers and, and got them yeah. to him. So he took some photos. I post uh, a bunch of his photos typically on BOS. So he did that and I was like, oh man, this looks great. <coughs> Excuse yeah. me, when we were posting. And then we got back in touch. Um, so yeah. this worked out pretty, pretty well to have you back on. I'm super curious uh, to, to see what you're up to. So we're going to go through four yeah. of your glorious beers this evening. Starting yeah. with... This bad boy right here. Right. Tell original. us about the original, Canvas Original, which is a uh, Kolsch-style ale. I like it. You kept the uh, Cologne uh, authenticity there by calling it Kolsch-style. Definitely, yeah. Like we, uh, we definitely use lagered ale, and most times when we describe it, just to kind of get the concept of what the style of beer it is to most people. Usually they're talking in between, you know, uh, they understand what an ale is somewhat, understand mostly what a lager is but most lager drinkers do like a cold yes so kind of cross that bridge with both of them i love and, it and uh this is our this was our first beer that we uh that we came out with well, okay perfect back in 2018 actually that would have been around the same time i would have contacted you first you actually did say we had a coach i think you canned it even back then yeah yeah, yeah. we uh first batch we did we uh we canned it uh, mostly looking to do can sales, uh, kegged a little bit. And then, uh, as every, as every story goes, when you start a brewery, you run out of beer, you start making sales and then yeah. you're starting to scramble and, uh, <laughs> started getting uh, keg accounts and then cans and then, and just kept snowballing, which we were contracting at the time. Um, so that, uh, added another complexity level cause we weren't, uh, uh, we, we were still in the middle of construction. Uh, right. I yeah. didn't realize. Okay. Yeah. Look at this clarity, man. That's beautiful. You did a really good job on that. I know that's not uh, not an easy task um, nope. Nope. To, to do. Not too difficult. Uh, but, yeah, definitely a little time and a little, uh, like, finding agents. It's um, it's unfiltered okay. as well. So uh, I, do, I do use a finding agent um, after about a three-week uh, loggering time mm -hmm. and let everything drop out of that and try over into my bright tank and carve it up ready to go good to so, go well yeah. mate great to meet you jeff cheers man get it in you hmm. 
Delicious. Great nose, by the way. Nice Thank bready you. cereal nose. Um, it's light to 4.5%. So it's uh, four and a half. Got a nice, uh, nice great body. Uh, tons of flavor for the ABV. Um, nice, a little bit dry. I feel like there might be just a real subtle bitterness in there. A little grassy. Um, cereal kind of bready vibes. Uh, tell me if yeah. I'm missing anything yeah. here. Like heavy, heavy on the malt. Uh, mm-hmm. Slight little, like, I usually find there's um, a nice little savory note you get from the Holler Tower hops. Mm. That Holler I Tower, in, okay. Uh, in, in, the, in the finish there, uh, there's a little bit of subtle floral and subtle citrus note from the, the Holler Tower. Okay. Um, but citrus. very, like, very, very low. Like, you, you definitely get the bready and the malt character first. I love it. Um, I'm definitely getting <sighs> all of that. Yep, yep. Yeah, I let it warm up a little bit, and then you sort of like, like, very subtly coming through, uh, which is a nice, you know, nice, nice touch to the complexity. Of it. So it's not just, uh, you know, a one-dimensional. Uh, I guess we'd say like a light, uh, light beer, light lager, and those kind of those rounds. Especially yeah. with the cold, you want to, you want to be able to hit uh, like a good, good malt note, and um, you want to hit a nice uh, bit of hop character, but not not go over the top too because. You know, like what I've never been to Cologne, right? I've never drank a Kolsch there, but every time you hear about that uh, description of it, and they they bring out those like small like two hundred mil glasses, and they just continually, you know, like you have to tell them to stop. <laughs> uh, they were like, ah, oh, you know, I'm I'm I've had too much, and like you just think about how much you drink like each one of those with those nice flavors, and like that's kind of how I was driving that uh, the idea into this. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, pretty happy with it. Uh, I, I find like the town of Huntsville is pretty happy with it. Most of our accounts in around the area, it's like our, you know, it's our number one selling beer right now. Um, kind of in like a traditional beer style town. And, uh, it's, you know, like I grew up in Huntsville and it's like nice to, it's, you know, it's really nice to give a beer that everyone's really excited for at, at our brewery. And then, then we also have the other beers that we have, like, in, in trendy beers and all that good stuff. But, uh, you know, it's nice to give, like, you know, everyone's excited about a brewery, but, you know, all those traditional beer drinkers that come out, they like the Kolsch or, or uh, like a lager or uh, even like a nice British kind of ale. Like, they, they always want to get those type of uh, uh, beers at your brewery. And if you do all IPAs or you do all this, they kind of get left out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was a strategic decision to kind of move into this direction first and then, you know, once we got the brewery built, and then we can start to do, you know, pale ales, hazies, sours, all that great stuff. Gotcha. So it's like it's really playing to your audience. You know, you know, you know who you're dealing with. You know what the people in, you know, in and around the the area want. But then you, you know, because you've got a bit more distro, and you've got some some more seasoned beer drinkers who might want the trendier stuff, which we'll, like you said, we'll get to uh, in a couple of beers time. Um, exactly. To kind of like, so you're able to dabble in in a bit of everything, which is cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Was, we uh, like we we put the brewery together and we uh, decided to put twenty taps in. Jeez, and uh, I know it's pretty impressive. Mm. And then after after it was installed and after we put everything in there, I, I just looked at it. I thought it was a great idea at first, and I and then I looked at all twenty taps and I only had like two beers. <laughs> and I was like, oh wait, that's a lot of beer. <laughs> <laughs> now what I gotta do? Now I gotta brew it all. Oh, I got to work. <laughs> <laughs> hey, was it worth it in the end? 
Oh, it's, it's worth it. Yeah. It's worth uh, it. No, we got up to like, even with guest taps, we're like 18 taps. We fill it up and, uh, you know, just we give something for everybody, which is the great, great part. Perfect, man. I love it. Um, I wanted to just, uh, I, I basically do the one, the little reviews where I do the selfie thing. So if I'm, I was just taking some one word tasting notes that I'll, uh, edit later. Um, I want to confirm, you said it was Halatau. Was it a specific Halatau hop? Uh, mit, mit fur. Oh, middle fur. I know the one. Middle fur. Yeah. No, I can't. Very well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Perfect. No problems. I want to make sure I get that right. Um, yeah. uh, Magnum, uh, bittering, Magnum. Uh, ca- uh, you know, Canadian barley, Canadian wheat, and Love then, it. uh, yeah, USO5, uh, like California common. For the uh, yeast. California. Yeah. Perfect for that. Okay. Love it. It's great. Thank you. Um, no, this is fantastic, man. I can see why it's the number one selling. Um, wow, look at a lot of uh, viewers right now. You're very popular. This is awesome. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. It might be all my family and friends. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what up, everybody? Thank you for coming yeah. through. Um, hello. hello. <laughs> Yo, this, no, this is really good, man. This is like a, a real nice on-point coach. It's, uh, it's got everything you're looking for here. Like, I really... It's interesting. I'm sure we'll get to it, but you know what it's like for the beer drinkers. We've been doing it for a while. You start with this type of thing, the macro lagers, you move to the Euro lagers, then you go yep. through the Amber, Porter, Brown Ale, Stout, blah, blah, blah. You go through the Belgians and then the IPAs with the face-punching uh, West Coast yep. stuff, and then you know you end up coming yep. back around to all the trendy stuff to this. And you have, uh, I'm in the, and I imagine you are too, I'm in this uh, space where I have a newfound appreciation for, yes. you know, these type of beers and, and where before I kind of would have found it boring or bland or whatever. Now I'm like, wow, like so nuanced, it's so complex, there's so much going on in it. It's like, you know, you're getting yeah. excited over a you know, grandpa yellow fizzy beer and oh yeah, <laughs> you know? I know. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Like I got in on that, uh, that trend with the West coast IPAs and from like, you know, late two thousands all the way up until, you know, like mid mid twenty, what they call twenty teens or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like I drank nothing but like uh, you know West Coast IPAs, um, you know just like you know heavily heavily hopped, good bitterness level, like you know big big flavor and aromatics of that. And and after about you know ten years of that, and I was just you know I I still really love the styles, but then I started to get into like uh, you know like Kolsch's or or just you know European lagers. And uh, enjoying them for what they were, and not not necessarily looking. I wouldn't say I never looked negative negatively at them, but you know, like it, it just wasn't what the craft movement was pushing towards, and that's what everybody was kind of into, and that's what was selling and, uh, and and trending, and and like they're all great beers, and uh, you know, you just uh, you cut you kind of miss out on some of the, the the nicer nuances that can be done with. Uh, like a, so let's say a Kolsch or a continental lager from Europe or, uh, or what's even happening here um, in, uh, in Canada or even North America. Yeah, yeah. definitely, man. It's a, it's, it's a fun, uh, I'm happy this is the, the, one of the latest trends. It's a, it's a great one. I think yeah. it's, I, I would imagine it make, it's making the brewers even happier than the drink is because this is the stuff, mm-hmm. you know, Zoe's kind of joked about being the brewer's beer. And yeah. brewers brew the beers. You make the call, and now you get you now everyone wants what you want to drink. So you're like, yes, love it. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I know. What I found out uh, too, like opening up the the brewery here in Huntsville, is 
uh, you know, there, there was such a, a interesting uh, amount of feedback in, in what people were kind of expecting. Everyone was excited. They're like, oh, a brewery's coming to town. Huntsville's getting a brewery. This is, this is great. We're so excited. And, you know, they just, th- there were a lot of comments um, that were made that were more or less pointing towards traditional style beers because there's a lot of drinkers like that, which is the majority mm. of the, the, the beer drinking world. And they just, they, they want like a beer, like they want to come and say like, oh, this is, they have a good lager. They have a, you know, even the Kolsch because it, it, it's a newer style to most people. So they're like, oh, I like this or a uh, traditional red ale um, or, or pale ale and a quarter or stouts. Like, they, you know, they just kind of want that group of, um, uh, of style of beers. And if they're well done, be proud of that. And then they mm. can talk very positively about our brewery. Um, so that was something uh, that we took into consideration starting out initially was to make sure we had that portfolio of beers. Um, and, you know, yes, going into like, you know, getting 20 taps and just, a lot. that would just allow us mm. to have like, you know, uh, endless opportunity to make, you know, the, the double IPAs and, you know, it, all the fun stuff, all the fun stuff that, you know, <clears> like you want to create it with and, and like, you know, and, and look at having those beers around for, for the, the craft beer community. So, like, we didn't want to tie up our taps, you know, with one or the other have to choose mm. uh, between, like, having, say, our core beers, which would be the Kolsch Lager, the I, a couple IPAs and this and that, and, like, oh, no, we, we, have, to, we have to toss one out or, or whatever it is that, we were, uh, that, that we'd have to make a decision of. So more taps and not having them all kind of uh, um, tied up. Uh, with a beer like that, it just just gave us more options. I love it. Not smart, man. And, uh, yeah, yeah, keep going. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, we got a. Oh no, I was I was just gonna say like you know, another side of that, <clears> like <throat> from from my point of view, was that uh, like with the traditional style of, of beers, like we have a. Um, uh, well, we our building's all like fifteen thousand square feet. We have a uh, two hundred person event space in there, thirty two hundred square foot. Wow. with its own uh, bar. Um, we can fit, like we had weddings. We actually had a wedding just prior to the pandemic. Uh, about 155 people were there. And um, so like keeping in that, that in mind, like our, like our, and our total capacity is 407. So we wanted to like open the place up. We have two patios. We've got a rooftop patio. We have a, we have a, uh, another garden patio uh, all facing the river downtown. And, uh, with that event space, we wanted. I wanted to make sure that we had, because not just craft beer drinkers were going to come to our place and rent our event space, but they people were going to come and rent the event space because they wanted to the space and have their wedding or event or function. And I just wanted to make sure that that was a positive part of their experience if they were a light beer drinker to uh, IPA or pale ale or like uh, Kolsch or whatever, and so that that would just be part of their great experience that they would have at canvas and uh that they would they would just enjoy our beer and the whole atmosphere of what we would offer and go away and then obviously that's the positive you know word of mouth back and uh to to keep extending off of that i love that man that's a really smart way to go um and, and this kind of actually taps into a question here beer and a bozo shout to you bro he actually had got a really good one and i think it's playing off exactly what you're saying. He said, when you brew in cottage country, you must want to make beers people buy by the case as opposed to picking up a can of this and that. 
is there was there any sort of intent with the the styles aside from what you've said already was that something that you we had in mind <clears throat> yeah that was definitely um uh sort of the driver on some of our core beers uh especially with the um uh so like our kolsch is part of the core beers we have uh our last light lager we have uh which is a 4.1 percent kind of like in the, the light lager territory um and we have a, a thunderhead uh west coast ipa uh we have our porter uh we have our back trail that we'll that we'll taste here today and uh like we'll, we'll kind of move in a few others we have uh uh, a, a traditional, like we call it, Huntsville <clears throat> Hefeweizen, so that ger- traditional German uh, wheat beer, and uh, you know, like it's it's honestly, I think in any brewer's um, part of a brewer, I think part of a brewer's goal is to to sell volume of of beer, not not in like doesn't have to be in a negative connotation, like one can could be good, but like to see like cases of your beer go out, and then you see them come back. I won't say how frequently, maybe once a week, maybe, you know, a couple of days, but like they're coming out and they're, they're picking up, you know, 12 packs and 24 packs and they want to show their friends and, you know, like they're not necessarily drinking it all themselves, but they want to pick up a case and then, and then uh, take, take it. it, take it out and, and share it. Like that's, um, you know, it's very complimentary and like, that's sort of the goal What you want is to, to, to have people want to buy the case and, and most likely they're going to share it with their friends as the, as you, uh, as they bring over. So that's definitely uh, a goal to, to design that, um, uh, f- around your beers. Uh, not all beers, like some beers, you definitely are going to have like, uh, I like, I made a, um, uh, we have an Imperial spice beer at, um, uh, right now. And they, it's, it's very multi-base. It's 9%. I use, uh, cinnamon, nutmeg, rosemary, and thyme. Nice. So it's got a like a very interesting mix of uh, it's kind of like a Christmas cookie. Yeah, yeah, and it's sort of more of like on a winter side of 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 things. So like when I have a beer like that, like I'm expecting someone to buy a couple cans. It's part of a tasting flight, you know. And if it moves like that, like like that, that's that's we just want someone to enjoy what 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 they're drinking. Right, I love it. So it's literally like covering all bases with with what you yeah. Do. Yeah, love it. Bit of a random sidebar. It just sort of hit me now when you mentioned the downtown area. My, I used to have a co-host back in 20. My friend Scott was my co-host for the first few years until he just right. got busy with life and I just, I just kept doing it. But his family is from Huntsville and his oh, yeah. uncle owns a health food store on like the main strip in downtown. Um, okay. Ken, Ken Cole, I think his name is. Okay. Is that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Familiar? Yeah, very familiar. Yeah. yeah. I don't know personally, but like I, I know of them. Yeah. You know the thing? Okay, sweet. I wasn't sure because I know small towns, it's like a pretty small, tight main street. So I wasn't sure if you if that's where you yeah. are. And I started getting that visual and I was like, oh, wow, like that's a great spot to be with a damn Yeah, we're rooftop. just across the river. <clears throat> from that. Okay. So, yeah, so you go across the bridge um, yep. uh, away from downtown and like we're just on the other side of the river. So you, excuse my ignorance because it has been some years since I've really sort of explored it. Um, you, are you not too far from Bracebridge and from, um, oh my God, Gravenhurst? Whereas, yes, very close. Very close. Okay, it's all kind of the same little region. So there's a... Yeah, we're all within Muskoka, like right. the Muskoka region. So uh, yeah, Bracebridge has Muskoka Brewery, uh, you know, saw a city down in Gravenhurst. So we got a nice, like, you know... A nice center for craft beer up in up in the Perfect. 
like a main brewery in every town that uh, you could do yeah. an afternoon going into an evening and jump around to everything, plus some great, great bars and restaurants and stuff. Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah, is you awesome. do all your tour. <clears throat> yeah, I hit four, di- four different great breweries or four or five. There's Lake of Bays and Catalyst down in, uh, in Bracebridge as well. They just opened up. Okay. And, uh, yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's become a little... Let's say Mecca, one of the many Meccas in Ontario, which is really it's really nice to see. Like a little hub. I love it. No, it's great, man. Um, so let's let's pull back a little bit. Um, let's get into your beer history. How did you get into craft beer and then how did that lead to the the beginnings of, of Canvas? I'd love to hear that story, man. Uh, so the beginnings, I guess you would say well, it starts with all like I just love drinking beer. I mean, that's kind of like yeah. the, the the main thing. You're like, oh, you know, this is great. More than just like, you know, a Coors Light or a Canadian. And that's kind of like where I think everyone starts is uh, of age people, like definitely not teenagers or never underage. Of course, Wouldn't even. Never. Never. <laughs> 19 on the money and over. <laughs> Especially when Mike's Hard, Mike's Hard Lemonade came around or all those. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't have even looked at yeah, none of that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was a good night. Anyway, so, um, yeah, I just started, I just like, I just started liking different flavors of beers and, um, I went off into, uh, I traveled off in Europe in my early twenties, got exposed to just the, the beer cultures that were there. Um, I, I was never focused on it. I just liked, Enjoyed it. uh, British beers, the pub, the pub beers, uh, Belgium. I just, you know, like the belt beers there, German, like the main, like, you know, commercial breweries that were there, and it was just uh, just just enjoying it. You know, I went to Oktoberfest in uh, Munich, and uh, I went to beer festivals. And when I was living in Scotland, um, I came home, and then I, uh, I I came back to Huntsville, moved back, uh, uh, decided to go to like Toronto. I wasn't really feeling. I decided to travel uh, out west, and I ended up in Victoria, BC. Mm-hmm. Nice. And uh, <clears throat> sort of settled down there for a little bit, and I got into like. I, when I left Europe, I decided, I was like, oh, I'd like to, to homebrew. That seems like something that would be fun and interesting to do. And then I, uh, so I, I, when I sort of settled down in Victoria, I started to, uh, I, I started homebrewing. And, and as you probably know, there's a great like craft beer culture uh, community out at Western BC. Oh, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I just got into it. And then I just, I, I started realizing there were like jobs and op- different opportunities i just never realized that before and i was homebrewing and i got into i entered a beer into a, a homebrew contest um i managed to get like a like a ribbon for uh, i did a peat smoke scotch ale uh it was one of my first beers and uh i was just like oh like you know like it's not terrible and uh, <laughs> some so people that taste beer seem to like it. So, like, I just kept kind of snowballing uh, from there. I started looking for education. Um, I went to uh, Niagara College's uh, brewmaster course. Yes. I uh, did that for, uh, well, I came back to Ontario to do that. I started working at uh, Muskoka Brewery uh, down in Bracebridge. Nice. Uh, that's where I really cut my teeth and started to, like, you know, uh, started to brew as a production brewer there, really learned a lot of great things. And uh, just with the, in the production side, work production, uh, processing beer. Um, uh, from there, I went off into uh, a place called Barnstormer down in Barrie. Okay. And I 
took a manager, uh, like the, the head brewer's job down there. Um, so I took that. I was started there. It was just, just a basic brew pub, you know, like a three barrel, uh, three barrel system. Uh, and then went, we upgraded to a 10 barrel system and then uh, went from like 500 hex per year to uh, like 27 by the time I left. 2700 sorry wow and and then the lcbo and like the all the brands we had there were like uh like really moving yeah and um yeah and then uh then a, a friend of mine uh, uh steve conkin uh we's you know like we it's similar kind of stories like he was off in scotland for a bit uh, uh more educational purposes uh, in, in terms of schooling um i was just backpacking mm-hmm. and having fun and uh and then <laughs> Got to do it. Then he came. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, he came back, and then um, uh, you know we were back in the same town. We grew up just uh, uh, as kids, just down the road from each other. Uh, got reacquainted with a group of friends. Um, then I went off to, to Barry, and then he, you know, he came up and uh, proposed the idea. He's like, "Hey, I, you know, I think we could get this to 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 work." Um, obviously, financial side of things, and then uh, he's like, "Oh." you know, like, do you want to, do you want to do this? And like, it was a great opportunity and, uh, you know, we, we worked it out and, you know, I was like, yeah, let's, let's do this. Let's get, uh, it wasn't canvas at the time. We didn't have the name, but like, let's get, uh, we got the two main components figured out. So let's, let's start moving this forward. Let's start looking for buildings, start looking for this. And, you know, that was like three, three and a half years ago on this from that side. So, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the starting of, you know, like that's basically uh, Jeff's life in this I love <laughs> quick it. snapshot. No, you nailed it, brother. That's perfect. <laughs> um, why did you choose Huntsville for the base, or did you look elsewhere and just found the right space in Huntsville? Or how did that go down? Uh, so, well, we're 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 both from Huntsville, so it was the 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 whole point was to stay and live here, right? And uh, and make a business within Huntsville. So it wasn't, it wouldn't be like anything outside of the town limits. So we were looking at a few uh, like properties uh, in around. So, you know, it is quite limited in what, what you can do. Like there are, there's like warehouse space where you could just make, make a brewery and, you know, put some equipment in and start pumping beers out. Uh, but sort of the, the main goal that was in mind was to make a destination Mm. and add to the um add to the town's um you know just just add to the town's tourist and attractiveness of the town mm. um obviously we're seasonal cottage country all that great all that stuff so we're like you know wanted to make sure that we were a destination within the destination of Huntsville and Muskoka and, and, and the great gotcha that's great no I love it man um and it makes sense because yeah. there was no brewery in Huntsville before you guys right like you were the first one there we were, yeah first one in Huntsville um <clears throat> to make yeah, the production brewery and yeah, yeah love it so, and then you obviously yeah. you've got the other breweries in the surrounding towns to make it, it, it be as a weed industry I guess that in that it's the only kind of industry where it is a good thing to have other competitors around because people like to you know you're not going to sit at one brewery all day but you'll visit three four five and yes there's extra reasons now there's multiple towns and not only does that help you guys in the beer industry but i'm sure like you said for the tourist reasons it'll help the other businesses in town like the other restaurants and 
Oh no, that's oh, yeah, exactly. And mm. uh, you know, you know what the the nicest bit is like we um, <clears throat> if you're on a trail like Huntsville, so we went on the um, we're on the other side of the river. Uh, we're in sort of a it was definitely a rundown part of town. Okay, like like it's still right downtown. Uh, a lot of the buildings had been vacant. The building we we uh, our landlord purchased was um, uh, empty for about four, uh, about what, about five or six years. Wow. Prior prior to the purchase, um, so and like a lot of the other buildings too. Like that's where the uh, the beer store used to be. Um, the LCBO used to be there. There was like a couple other restaurants, and uh, and everyone's kind of vacated too. It's a little hard to sell. Uh, in that area, it's like a bit of um, it floods every spring, right? In the area, did it so flood? it's yeah. um, it, pardon. Did it flood this year? I guess it's spring right now. Well, no, because uh, they managed the dams properly, so it didn't flood. <laughs> the good thing. Uh, I won't take. A, I won't take a whole jab at, uh, at <laughs> controlling those, but I mean, <laughs> that's a whole other like podcast. Yeah, there's a whole other thing there. Yeah, there's, uh, and it, <laughs> but you know, like you never know with like the springs, the floods, and like mm. how much snow you get, and like uh, it just gets. Anyways, so like it's a tough place to kind of get people to to get in there. Mm. But I, what I, what my point would just be is like it's just really nice that we like we've moved in, and uh, we've basically kind of like revitalized that attractiveness of the area. Mm. We put a lot of um, there's a lot of you know a lot of money into the building into the facade um you know please like you know everyone listening and uh go go google us and uh check out our website too and like we've got uh graffiti art all over the building uh you know we've got a nice nice finishing we've really tried to make it you know unattract an attraction um and and really kind of amplify uh what, what which comes down to the name of course you know with canvas uh part of the art side and try to like make you know, obviously beer is an art form as well as like, you know, uh, painting and all that kind of great stuff is an art form too. And just make that building uh, an attractive piece of art uh, hmm. for the town. And we've got a, you know, rich art history in, in, in the area, which, you know, I'm pretty sure Group of Seven and Tom Thompson are very synonymous in the area. So we were trying to, with the name as well, hmm. pay homage to that side of uh, the history of the area. I love it. Uh, Tiff just put up for anyone uh, watching right now, if you're listening, go Google it. But uh, Tiff just put the virtual tour link in the comments. So if anyone wants to uh, check that while we're yapping, you can take a, uh, a bit of a squiz at, uh, at the brewery, which, which I love. That's great. I'll leave that up there for a bit. Also, um, <clears throat> sorry. Yeah, yeah man. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, they, um, if you go to uh, the Google Street View, yep. we, have a, we already have a virtual tour through the whole building. Is that this so link? You, you, um, Tiff put a link. It says canvasbrewing.com slash brewery. Is that the virtual tour link as well? That should be it. Yeah, I think so. Like if you get yeah. in there, like, yeah, you can go through the like Google Street View. You can go right through the whole building. Oh, I can see that there. She's showing me. Oh, wow. This is dope. That's like a this is, yeah. I've never seen a brewery. Oh, it's exactly the same thing. Yeah. Like it, how'd you pull yeah. that off? That's amazing. Uh, we, we, we know some good people. I like it. That's how you do it. <laughs> Secretive with the, with the tech. Like, Honestly, yeah, we had a uh, good, good, good mm. uh, we used to hire a company called uh, Muskoka Virtual Tours. <clears throat> I'll make you bring that in and use that platform to film it. Yeah, they, way. yeah, he, he's got the <clears throat> 360 camera or whatever. He went through the whole place and then uh, yeah, linked it into to Google Street View. 
what a champion. That's so sick. Yeah. So that is yeah. super cool. I was going to ask about the name, so you already beat me to it. It's beautiful. So, uh, you know, you're focusing on art. Like you said, beer is an art, actual, you know, paint yeah. as well. So really bringing that in. I imagine that, you know, you've got a lot of space. You probably had a lot of musicians and stuff like that in for another side of the art. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, musicians. Like we, I mean, we love live music and we just wanted to, uh, yeah, have, have have live music. Have big bands, have all that great stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like Wicked. our capacity, like I said, is like nearly 400. And we just really want to That's pack that big plate. for a brewery, bro. <laughs> big. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so they, you know, like the, the main goal is to get people in your building and drink and draft beer and, and like, you know, on, on a business side of things like that's That's where the best margins on your, your product is. And, uh, you know, and then, then tying back into the, an attraction, a reason for people to come um and, you know there's there's multiple different reasons and uh you know like and 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 just to bring as many people together as as we possibly can yeah and uh and, and as well as like maximize the uh tourist influx in the summer because we're such a uh, seasonal you know summer seasonal based uh area yeah that you know, like if we can fit if we could fit 400 people in there all the time throughout the summer you know like the winters aren't aren't <clears throat> so dark and cold that's and a good point. so that kind of gives us our, you know, like our, yeah, it's basically the strategy of everybody up here. I mean, it's, it's no different from all the other businesses. Uh, we just, you know, try to utilize what we can yeah. uh, here. Um, yeah. I love it. Yeah. That's dope. I'm just looking yeah. at the time. I feel like it might be pale ale o'clock. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. How you feel? Let's do it. When you come back, thank you. Grab the other token. Thank you so much. Um, Tell us about this, uh, the pale ale. I'm really enjoying this culture. <clears throat> it's going down a treat, my god. Um, yeah, man, tell us about the pale ale. So, this is our um, one of our other, I guess you say, like flagship beers. We got our uh, back trail pale ale, beautiful. Um, nice color, I guess you'd say, kind of in more of the session pale ale kind of category. Uh, four and a half percent. Uh, it's 25 IBUs, but the bitterness is really low. Like I balanced it uh, quite well with the, um, I've got wheat, um, bar- barley, obviously, and then oats. So it's like the wheat malt and the uh, flaked oats that, uh, that I've really tried to make a big, uh, juicy kind of body to it. Okay. Um, I wouldn't say like hazy or juicy kind of thing, but it's still like, uh, yeah, it's, you can, you can taste it once you drink it. Um, I use cashmere, uh, amarillo, excuse me, amarillo, um, uh, sorry, uh, equinox, uh, uh, incognito, which is a hot Oh, you think incognito? Yeah, nice. Expensive as hell, yeah. eh? Yeah, uh, sort of. It kind of ba- balances, I'd say, with... Because um, you're saving the liquid, I guess. The amount of, yeah, from the hot side. Yeah, and then the flavor, the flavor compounds uh, that you get off the uh, the whirlpool side, and with the yield, kind of balances that that side out. Plus, those uh, like anything on the hot side is typically more stable than dry hopping. Okay. So you have you have like a better, um, more stable aromatic and flavor <clears throat> note. And then when you're thinking about shelf life. 
because um, typically beers, you know, go from fridge to warm to transporting to the shelf on the LC or like wherever it's going. All those influxes like really start to break down dry hop. Yeah. Uh, basically the essential oils in there. And so you lose that, you, you typically lose that little bit of magic that makes dry hop beer so wonderful. And that's why brew pubs are just the best place to go get the freshest beer. Because you just know it's there. It's right off draft. There's been little. It's been refrigerated. Very little oxygen ingress. And uh, you get a better beer. You just get a better, fresher. Well, you get a fresher beer. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, like you still get good fresh beer out. But you just got to take it with a grain of salt that it's going to be slightly aged no matter how long. Pure yeah. later, shook it around. <laughs> <in their> place. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's. It's so funny because of all the shipping, you've got like the winter, like receiving packages, there was always one beer that it froze and exploded. And then in summer, you got oh, the yeah. problem with, with the, uh, oh, yeah. um, you know, with, with all of that. So may I just uh, um, go over the hops again? So it was Amarillo Equinot. Yeah, uh, Incognito, Equinoc, Equinoc, Equinoc. Equin- um, oh, the Incognito was Equinoc, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then I've got um, uh, Jerry Lou, which is a Slovenian hop. Okay. And then uh, Cashmere and Centennial. Cashmere Centennial, making sure we get this one. All right, beauty. Cheers, mate. Get in ya. Cheers. I got to say, this is probably one of the clearest pale ales I've seen in a while. I feel like, uh, oh, wow, that is juicy. This is like deceiving. Mm-hmm. This is interesting. I like this. Like it's it's got like a huge um. That, that exactly how you described it. I feel like it's juicy, but it doesn't have the. But it's got like a crisp mm-hmm. body. Yeah, so like a. I'm gonna be right back. Yeah, man. No worries. One. Yeah, I definitely um haven't uh, had anything completely like this in a while. So the body is like. Um, so almost like a, like a, like a lager in that sense, as far as that, that level of crispness in it, the nose is like, like, um, fruity nose. I was taking these nose as I'm talking you guys through it. Fuck it. Let's go. Hmm. Hmm. Definitely dry. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I wanted to go with like a really nice dry finish. Okay. On it, like nice and crisp, like you're kind of saying, uh, but like that big kind of juicy body that you get from the oats, and uh, like with the hop choicing, like uh, the cashmere and the um, amarillo, mm-hmm. really, I really like the like oranginess, orangey citrus side, because mm-hmm. usually you find like lemon, uh, lemon citrusy notes from like a lot of the other hops or those other kind of big other tropical fruits. Mm-hmm. I really liked having the uh, I really liked having the the oranginess that I get out of Amarillo, yeah. and ever since I like heard of Amarillo or just uh, tasted Amarillo in beers, like that's always been one of my one of my favorite hops. Yeah, I can see why it's a great one. Um, yeah, this is fascinating, dude. I feel like like the body is is really similar to a. So like a like the Kolsch or something like that. Like it's super crisp. 
It's got a nice mm-hmm. sharp carbonation, but it's got this juice in it. To be honest, I do what it reminds me of is like a lighter brute IPA. Right, right, yeah, yeah. In the in the I can see that. It's just like one of the most unique pale ales I've had in, in some time. Um, what was the inspiration behind this one? I guess you know, making something obviously that's quite crushable and refreshing because it seems to be it's like a almost like a cross between like a you know what like a crispy boy like a lager coach type of thing and like a, a brute IPA so somewhere in the middle there where it's lighter and refreshing I guess it's called back trail um, you know it's got the trees on the, on the on the label so it seems like a hiking kind of beer and I feel like this has like all of the crisp dryness that you would have from a a lager or a pills but with this additional level of juicy fruitiness that is. Um, yeah. They kind of hits the spot in a different way. It's not overwhelming. It's not too heavy. Um, yeah, it's crazy unique, bro. Um, I guess uh, I guess I have to say it's the pale ale that I I like to drink. Like okay. it's kind of like the style I, re- I like to drink, and I think some of that does uh, come from a lot of the uh, pale ales that I. I um, that I've been drinking at, uh, like in Britain when I was over there. Okay. Like when you go, like if you go to Britain and you get some like nicely fresh hopped, uh, beer there and like pale ale or even IPA, like they're all like three and a half percent. Really? Like from 0.2 to like 4%. And like, they're just like Mm. bright, you know, like citrus notes from, from some of their hops. Which, which you don't really think about, like when you think about British beers, you think of some of the other styles that come out of there. And I, you know, I just remember drinking all these beers and just, you know, enjoy enjoying their hops and that that they have in there. A little more on the lemon limey kind of citrus notes to it. Um, I guess that that, that might have kind of translated into what I really enjoyed about. Uh, about trying to get this beer to where it is, mm. and um, and I and I do like a little bit of a higher, um, uh, I'd say higher carb, not not, not tremendously high, but uh, at least that uh, you know the acidity from the. So like when you when you carbonate it, like obviously there's like carbonic acid, that's what's like in there. So like that extra acidity um, helps to amplify those. Um, uh, citrus notes that you get from the hops. So that's like a very like small or a minute kind of detail that you can uh, help as well as like, you know, like if it's a little more uh, effervescent, like with a little bit more carbon to it, it helps drive out those aromatics too. Mm. And, uh, it gives you that kind of, uh, it's one, one detail to kind of play with like with each beer. Yeah. That's a great word. I always forget about that one. Effervescence is a great way to describe it. It's exactly what it feels like. Interesting that it's like based off the British stuff. I guess like when I think of British like IPAs, you think of that kind of darker, caramelly kind of malts. Um, definitely, like you mentioned, you don't really think of citrus fruits or anything like that. Like it's kind of that like bitter, excuse me, dark, no. you know, toffee almost. Um, yeah, they use dark. a lot of the traditional caramel malts like you would say like in the for english ipas and like that's definitely what like it, you would see here um but i i remember i remember seeing and i remember tasting and i remember uh you know more in the pale ale to, i saw some ipas dated that way and like on the cast scale and like the the beer engines that are just pulling pulling pints and you're just like this is just amazing stuff 
and I, and I just uh, I just like those kind of components about it, and uh, maybe that manifested itself through this. <laughs> hey man, that's great. It's cool to to see those like influences shine through that you know maybe you wouldn't expect. So, um, mm. so okay, so we're talking about it all. So you opened in twenty eighteen. Uh, uh, well, uh, the location. Well, we so we, yeah, we started uh, selling about twenty uh, summer twenty eighteen. Okay. And then we uh, twenty nineteen uh, in December we did a soft opening mm-hmm. for the building. Finally finished our construction. Gotcha. So we had the building back in uh, uh, 2018 uh, at that point in time. And we were just in the, the beginning stages of getting, you know, permits and construction and all that great stuff. So Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So you started with the coals. You were canning from the beginning. Is that- yeah, we started canning uh, first batch and then uh, did a couple of kegs. And then, uh, yeah, quickly realized... We need more kegs and more beer, and then just kind of snowballed from there. Love it. Yeah. And um, so I guess it worked out pretty well that you had all the canning uh, you know, equipment leading into all the craziness that's been happening the last year. So you're kind of good to go. Oh, oh no, we don't, we don't have – yeah, we're, we're still like, uh, you know, the mobile canning. Oh, okay. All right, cool. My, well, that's fine. At yeah. least you're able to still get it, uh, whatever you need done yeah. then. Okay, oh, good. yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, great service. And, uh, you know, it's just, it was sort of like one of those costs that we just didn't want to do up front initially and, and we could manage it and then we eventually get our own canning line. But, uh, we're, uh, we're still, we're still doing it uh, for, you know, obvious reasons with, uh, you know, like, uh, with all the lockdowns, like moving in and out, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of hard to commit to a lot of, uh, big purchases Sorry. and, uh, <laughs> so we're uh we're still we're still doing it and um it's great yeah love it so how has um how has it all been for you guys being that like you know i guess it's coming into the second summer like obviously you know, we're here in montreal we're still on a curfew here like we you know i haven't been to a brewery in the city for a year plus like you know a long time um how how has it been for you guys i imagine it might have been a little different being that you guys have less people until all the folks from Toronto came in and ruined. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I've, yeah, it's been kind of tough. Um, I, you know, like I think with Ontario opening and closing so frequently, yeah. it's been very difficult to kind of plan um, certain, like promotes plan, you know, like you open, you close. It, it's been really frustrating uh, on that side, just to try to commit and, and open, um, our bigger pushes were like, uh, the, well, the biggest, the biggest new thing that we had, and it's been a couple of weeks is we've just got the back trail that we're actually tasting right now, uh, into the LCBO, which is, uh, for, for everyone else out there, there's a uh, liquor control board of mm-hmm. Ontario. Mm-hmm. Basically it's the main store, uh, that most craft brewers prefer to sell their beer at in uh, in ontario and uh, we just got this beer in got a full-time listing we're in 10 stores already and uh just it's kind of like a breath of fresh air because now we have an outlet to actually sell to about nearly 600 stores in ontario where you know like before like we were basically uh I, i talked great like big things about 400 people big concerts 
um, the event space, the pub, you know, like we, we could, we could maximize all that great stuff in there. Um, but you know, now, now we can't do that obviously with COVID and, and all the restrictions, but I'd like to have this outlet and, uh, to be able to start to sell that way has been, um, been quite refreshing and kind of exciting because we actually can kind of like generate sales, uh, that are not in our town. So, so we're like not as limited to just on site sales, which was kind of, uh, very nerve wracking last uh, last spring. <laughs> oh, I bet, yeah. Which is yeah. yeah, it's a lot. You guys have been through a lot, the uh, you know Woodbury's and up and down, on and off, on and off. Like it's you know it must be be pretty crazy. But that's a good look to get into LCBOs. It gives you another whole outlet. I I, yeah. I heard word that um, they passed a law where people can now open up their own specialty beer store as long as you sell food and the food could just be chips. Yes. Which is Yeah, insane. so there's a lot of like um, yeah, pardon? I love it. It's insane. Like I feel like that that news kind of went under the table. Like I feel like that was what yeah. people were fighting for for forever and I feel like it just kind of like someone told me just casually the other day. I'm like, "What do you mean? Like why aren't yeah. people like jumping from the rooftops about this? This is amazing." Yeah. Yeah, no, it, like it is and there's a lot of like uh, uh well like bars and restaurants especially they they're opening up bottle shops. So like we've been, we haven't been selling tremendously amounts, uh, tremendous amounts through them, but uh, you know, it's been, it's been just a nice outlet for a lot of them. And like, as well, like we have a bar license, like we could sell like a signature cocktail or something like that. And, and, or we could, we could actually purchase beer ourselves at, at canvas and have a bottle shop too. Right. So there's a lot of uh, unique opportunities with it. Um, that that you know like it just it was never around before or even just never considered or i guess the lawmakers were never considering it right i mean i guess it took yeah. this now to let bars and restaurants do that to give them an extra avenue for um for revenue and i have enjoyed seeing uh I, they're not really doing it here as much here is a different conversation mm-hmm. but i've seen a lot of my friends um like i was telling you before nathan now you know who runs our blog up in ottawa he's able to get, you know, Dominion City or, or Bar Lupulus or something like that. We'll just be grabbing beer from like Barncat or different people from all Toronto right. or just around. And they'll, um, they'll be able to sell it out of the, there, out of the store there. So he has access to a ton of different stuff. And whenever it comes up, he'll just go and grab a bunch of stuff from beers that, from breweries that maybe he, he normally wouldn't have access to. And that not only supports those breweries, but it supports the, uh, those other local businesses and, I yeah, that's such a fantastic um, program that they've finally allowed. You yes, know, to, to to give you guys a bit more because we've had, we've had the specialty beer stores here forever in Quebec, so that's you know it's never really been a thing. So like as much guys- as much as there's an Ontario Quebec thing, it's like. You guys are so much better than we are. <laughs> well, to be fair, we don't have delivery. We can't do shipping. So oh, you can't. No, man. So we got this, oh. the specialty beer store, the gas stations, and all that stuff. The gas stations don't sell craft beer. It's not like Vermont; they sell hot garbage stuff. But in um, in the, spe- the specialty stores are obviously killer. Supermarkets have always been able to do it. Now they're getting more and more craft beers in supermarkets, which is great. But oh, okay. the, we can't do so. I can't order from anywhere. No one. Can, you can order and pay online and then go pick it up. But like it's made like 
the hype beer that I thought would be easier to get, like 10 times harder to get now because everybody can just wait at home and have really? like bots or whatever, buy the stuff online and they have to go pick it up. So yeah, that's one thing that you guys really have. I know Half Hours on Earth, I think, were the ones to really start it off because they're kind of located in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I think they were the first yeah, yeah. ones and then you know now uh, because of all this like damn near every brewery in ontario has an online store that uh, either does home delivery where there's physically someone driving around doing drop-offs or you just chuck yeah. the box and you know ship them out like, yeah 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 online store like you we could basically ship nationwide if we wanted to i mean do you know yeah. what i learned about this i'd be curious to see i i heard when we were doing when all of this started for us we just started doing these um uh lives and stuff and we weren't always interviewing breweries it's just kind of how it happened it just figured out to be this way and it's great so tiff and i my our my girlfriend our producer we would just sort of do it together at first and and for one of the episodes we looked up what the law was and it was some law from like 1928 that that's the thing that um is restricting everything but apparently the federal government passed a law that actually allowed exactly what you're saying like allowed shipping nationwide but the caveat is that each province has to have a tax agreement with every other province so the only reason that i can't go on canvasbrewing.com and order to montreal is that ontario and quebec don't have an agreement of how the taxation is going to work and then and vice versa and you know ontario doesn't have one with bc and neither does quebec and blah blah, blah. so we can't we can't do it so the only way is it's it's ridiculous man it, it's, it's it's like if they figured all this other shit out during the during this, but they didn't figure that part out. Like, come on, like, you know, this is this is where, like, I mean, some people don't care and they'll just do it. No. Uh, well, like, in the future is like e-commerce. Hell yeah. And with a lot with a lot of different things, and like, people are going to start to realize that you could buy beers from some brewery because you have access through the through the internet to see this whatever Ontario brewery, Quebec brewery. Like, I could. I can order whatever minimum order they want and get it shipped. Right. And, uh, you know, like we're hanging on to laws that are a hundred years old and everyone's griped about, you know, uh, prohibition and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's lingering effects, which are still here in law, which are, you know, very expensive to repeal. Yeah. Um, which is not cheap. Not at all. <laughs> it's, it's just so like ridiculous when like they, they're able, like every, um, I feel like every province has made concessions, even small things. You guys had um, – you were able to buy um, bottles of like liquor off Uber Eats or whatever. Like you could order from a restaurant. Yeah. They sell you bottles of wine, single cans or bottles of beer um, and, and, and booze at LCBO prices, by the way, not like the inflated restaurant yeah. prices. But then here we still can't do the – booze or oh, maybe we can they only just opened you guys were doing it like last year and i think only recently yeah, we, yeah. yeah they like, immediately did that in ontario and like it was, that was great oh, and it's like great. oh wow well People, it's like how, like how long is this going to stay I, I believe it's all permanent <laughs> is my understanding but it is permanent. And it was yeah. like you know initially when it came out you're like okay how you know, yeah what are they going to do oh, no, it's going to stay and like you know it, it's fantastic i think it's great it's oh, great. it's amazing. Like, do you, yeah. do you know what it is? Like, where I'm from Australia, and back there, there's a lot of uh, what we would call, like, the nanny state. Definitely overarching regulations that control everything. Like, you can't ride a, a bike without a helmet, or you're going to get the cops will pull you over type of thing, right? So right. I'm used to growing up, everything is overregulated. 
And then I feel like in in Ontario, I feel like they've kind of got a little bit too much. Before, when I first moved here, it felt like Canada was like, wow, you, do, you, gotta, you don't have to wear a helmet and ride a bike. You can just go. Like, I was like, wow, that's crazy. Um, and over time, I, I'm starting to see that there's other regulations in other areas, such as, you know, alcohol that are ridiculous, essentially. And as we're seeing, um, Quebec, you've been able to drink in the park as long as you have some food with you for yeah. forever. I've been here nine years almost, and, and you've been able to do that. No one's like dying of alcohol. I've never seen a drunk person in the park. People are chilling. They're just having a quiet glass of wine and some meat and cheese. Yeah. No one's getting trashed. You've been, you know, I've got exactly. more gas stations here. You, you, know, you go in, you pay for your gas, and you grab a sixer of some hot garbage yeah. if you want. Like, yeah, the yeah. restricting and that babying of people isn't helping. So now they're like, oh, You've made um, bottle shops legal in Ontario. Oh, and restaurants can sell stuff and people aren't dying. Like, I'm like, see you idiots. Like, this is, it's fine. You're yeah. just being ridiculous. It's almost like, you know, even here, we weren't allowed to do, breweries weren't allowed to sell growlers until only a few years ago. Um, and uh, uh, open fermentation, cool ships was only recently um, legalized before, before COVID, but it took forever. You guys were able to do it so much longer. So like, there's all these ridiculous, you know, things that have come on from the 1920s, essentially, yep. from those ridiculous prohibition laws that never really left. I guess Australia might not have been part of that, so that's probably why things were a little looser out there. And you could have an independent right. bottle yep. shop. And, yeah, and all the independent bottle shops out there, which is this is the next step, I think, for Canada. I, I forgot that it happened in Australia, but I went to San Diego and, and they had like um, bottle craft, which is like you, you basically they sell, they have like a counter that sells like meat, cheese, bread, all local, whole, all the fridges um, with the beers. Yep. And then they've got like 10 taps. So you can get a pour, go drink, fill up your your uh, you know, basket with, with bottles of beer and cans of beer and stuff and wine or whatever, buy some local meat and cheese. And then you could even pay for a corkage fee and crack one of the cans or bottles too. So you could just drink it there. So like, and then they have that in Australia and they're like these bar, yeah. bottle shop hybrids. And, and they have a lot in, in, obviously not just in San Diego, but that was the first place I saw it. I've been to like Philly and a bunch of other places that had the same thing. I'm like, this is the coolest shit ever. Like you can. It might, it might take another like uh, generation to let some people kind of <laughs> move on <laughs> before we get some laws shaken up on that side. Baby steps. We're, we're happy with grocery stores at this point. Yeah, let's just <laughs> let's shut our mouths and stick with the grocery. Oh, and, and the bottle shops, the independent bottle shops. That, that's but, fantastic. I, I would love to do my shopping and uh, or, or especially shop like you're saying and and drink a beer. It's so and cool. Do my shopping, like yeah, you know, I, I'd be afraid of like broken glassware. It must, must be plastic cups. I think, you know what, the place I went to is literally we flew in. My friend lives there. He's, he's from Toronto, but he, he got American citizenship and he, um, he lives out there. And I, this was like four years ago, but we went out there. The first thing got from the airport, he took us straight to Bottlecraft. And it, it blew my mind because you're already just happy to be somewhere warm. And then all of yeah, a sudden yeah. you're in this bottle shop. I'm like, whoa, this was at the time when hazy IPAs were just coming out. I'm like, Jeez, oh, oh my God, you can get a pop. I was losing my shit. And it was glass. But my boy in Texas, that's a whole other place too, he said they, they let you do it in Whole Foods. So you can get a pour because they sell draft beer there too and you can walk around Whole Foods while you're shopping. That's even that's the next level again because I'm talking these stores are like super small, size of a living room, 
you know, yeah. bridges on yeah. the walls, maybe an aisle or two in the middle with some other stuff, um, you know. So it, it's just like it was such a nice experience. And when I went back to Australia, which I, I once again, I'd been back a few times, but when they had it there, I was like, wow, this is like, it, it just made me feel how, you know, people weren't dropping dead because these things existed. So it's... Yeah. Well, exactly, yeah. We're getting somewhere, you know. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree. I remember, uh, I just remember going to Europe and, you know, you, you would do basically the same thing you said in like Quebec. You'd go in uh, parks or whatever. You can have a beer. You can buy something. You can kind of walk and do this. And like that was so foreign yeah. to me. And like I, like I definitely, I embraced it. I, I just, I really liked, you know, like I could have a beer and like go off and as and i just remember like the the attitude like especially with the policing of all that is like as long as you weren't like you know belligerent or mm. you know uh, i won't say a swear word or anything but like if you weren't like you know one you of those cuss. type of people <laughs> other shit, so. uh true yeah you do have a uh, shit in your name you don't, you don't have to you don't have uh yeah as long as not being a you know a dickhead you know like like everything's fine, yeah. you know. Like just go about your day. Just be, be just be a human being, yeah. And enjoy yourself. Have a beer after whatever hard days work, or just continue drinking if that's your thing. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just live life. It, like it was just, it, you know, it just felt like what what should be. And I was gonna say something too. I just remember my dad saying, uh, in Ontario, when he turned eighteen, night uh, at that time was like the drinking was eighteen in the seventies. And he was like, he just remember going to the bar, whatever CD like Canadian tavern bar that was there, and uh, like you'd see the people because like, you had to at, at I don't know if it was like provincial wide or whatever. It was like at, at this, uh, it was a lot at the time. You had to every drink have a piece of food oh. served with it. Okay. So like you, you couldn't order one without the other, or like you well you couldn't order beer without. A drink without uh, food, and so like you, you said you all you'd see is like the old boys sitting there. Like there's always you know the old boys that are just sitting there drinking all day, and he would just see a stack of cheese sandwiches, just piled up, just just piled up beside him. You're like, okay, he's had like eight. <laughs> you can count them. Again. <laughs> <laughs> just, just see it like stack up on a plate beside him, or then you have like you know like the same cheese sandwich or like whatever like you know whatever food they were trying to like you know get around the law just to give them like that that uh piece of food and uh it's like okay yeah there's the same cheese sandwich going out for every order <laughs> you know, it's like people just getting around the law it's like I, you're just gonna have a couple beers and yeah. it's gonna be what it is yeah <laughs> then people are gonna figure out a way around it every time so you might yeah. as well just you know at least i mean look i guess if it took a pandemic for people to get their shit together then I mean, like, that's one positive that's come out of this, right? That maybe people are a little more chill about things that yeah. they didn't need to be uptight about in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so... Uh, I, um, yeah, no, I, it, yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah. Well, look, at least you're able to, to sell to a few of those bottle bottle shops, and hopefully that'll uh, only increase over time. And now you've got this bad boy <laughs> in LCBO, which is great. Congrats, man. That's a, it's a great look. Just Thank you. Now, 10 stores, you know, 590 more to go. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I mean, the potential. 
the potential is, yeah. is super cool with that. And I don't know, it's not an easy task to get a beer in LCBO either, so which is great. Yeah, yeah. You just gotta learn the the just gotta learn the process and they know what they like, so you gotta gotta it's two way street, gotta play with what they like. Yeah, you know, as like a as a brewer, you gotta kinda take that into consideration when you're dealing with them and make adjustments and you know, the name of the game, you know, you wanna pay your bills. It's really yeah, what it is, can, man. Brand awareness yeah. too. You know, you want yeah. people to be able to come into um, come into the brewery after the you know after the fact. Hopefully, this summer is uh, oh Tiff is saying Tiff is my uh, my producer. Yeah, such a nice setup. She's loving the setup, the brick oh, wall. Lo- loving the brick wall. So you're. Right. I was only I was I was only allowed to choose a guitar. That's all you got. Hey, well, your contribution yeah. was exceptional. Is your wife Diana? That's her name, right? Yeah, yeah she's. Killer job. I spoke to her on Instagram before. I'm like, wow, I couldn't believe she got the stories. It was so cool. I was very, very, very. Oh, cool. yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at it. I figured she'd be in the background there. So great, great job. I was just saying great guitar selection. You did well. You did well. Um, should we, I know we're like only halfway through this beer. In the interest of time, should we go to the next bad boy? How do you feel? Yeah, we can. Yep. Yep. I just want to make sure we cover everything, and I am conscious of not keeping you all night because uh, we, were, we were joking earlier that uh, you know I, I do we do the podcast at night because it's just how it happened to be. We thought people don't have shit to do on a Friday night, so we just started doing yeah, it that yeah. way uh, during that. Not considering brewers' schedules. Oh, be hazy idea. Thank you so much. Um, not considering brewers' schedules don't always uh, you know match up well with. Uh, you know, evening, so I appreciate your uh, dedication, but I'm not trying to keep you up to 1 a.m. type of thing. No, it's okay. I'm, still, I'm having a few beers now. It's all good. Oh, you're chilling. <laughs> so the next one, now, I believe this is the one that my brother got to, uh, he posted. Oh, this is like super fresh too, damn. This is the yep. uh, Hazy IPA right here. There she yep. is. Look at that. Bam. So this was the, the one I first saw uh, the, the can for this. I thought this was super cool. I like the, you know, Love good generic label that you can put the little thing on there, which is dope. Um, looks super clean. I love the colors of this man. It's cool, and I liked it in the uh, in the short cans too. Short cans are uh, super fun, crushable. Yeah, single serve. Yeah, not too much, not too little. Well, exactly. Yeah, that, that's what we liked about uh, the, the smaller cans, especially in the bigger beers. Yeah, bigger flavored beers. So just uh, it's just a nice serving. Yeah, it's great. I love the small cans. They're so underrated. I, whenever I see them, I'm always super, super happy to get them. So um, tell us about this one, man. So, I mean, the first two we had, you know, now you got your LCBO listing with the Pale Ale. we got the Kolsch, the Classic. Now we're moving into the next two are kind of more of the trendier stuff. So that's like a really nice selection. So, um, yeah, tell us about this one. So uh, those are Hazy IPA. Um, the, big, the big hops in this one are the Citra and Idaho 7. Ooh, I love Citra, that. everyone kind of really knows. Citra, just generally like a massive tropical fruit notes to it. Yes. Um, oh, man, you can smell it from here. Oh, yeah. It's bursting. Um, Idaho 7 is like really on top of that, uh, like more of that pineapple kind of note to it. Yes. And like uh, definitely with the hazy beers, kind of like we're talking with initially the like the back trail, that kind of body, that juicy bit. So you really want to play on the um, the oats side yeah. of it, um, and or like kind of other flaked adjuncts like that. So you really want to get that uh, the 
the oats or wheat into it and like it gives you a nice like juicy body to it i would say the trickiest thing with this this beer is that to make a permanent haze so that it doesn't um flocculate uh, flocculate out yeah, exactly yeah. um that you just want to like it's not the timing and, and quantities of how much hops you put in to bind to all the proteins like which is kind of a funny thing about this whole beer and, and the whole beer style in itself because like everything that i've been taught and strived for like say from the first beer that we tried with the kolsch the whole brewing process is really set up to like clarify the beer yeah totally. just to clarify make things super clear that's just you know was sort of a mark of like you know, a well-aged beer, well-presented beer. Um, you know, it's you know, it's just it's a good thing for what it is. And this is kind of like the complete opposite of what you're trying to achieve with like the brewing process, and try to uh, make sure that haze is permanent. Right. Because you know, like what you're trying to do is like, yeah, bind like basically those hop like polyphenols and the proteins out of like your uh, your basically from your oats and your wheat and make sure that haze is permanent mm. and, it and it doesn't drop out. So like that's uh you know, it's a, it's a, it's a different, unique set of processing. Um, it's kind of fun because like you get to do something completely different that, uh, you know, like that's, uh, you know, it, it adds such a unique style uh, to, to the, like the brewing portfolio that you're going to have. Definitely. I like this is what all the kids are drinking these days. So, you know, it's some uh, quality stuff, mate. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Nice. Yeah, you nailed that body right there. So it's got yeah. that um, that sort of creamy body. Um, it's got that like chalkiness, which uh, I really enjoy. I really appreciate like a chalky beer that kind of like, dries your tongue out there. Yeah. Um, you got that nice, uh, yeah, bitterness. Yeah, it's still part of the bitterness, though. Like you kind of, it's kind of nice the, to like put that underneath that. Yes, um, Idaho Seven. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I learned recently. It's, it's arguably my favorite hop, but I believe, which I didn't realize, it has like a bit of a herbal sort of thing to it. Is that accurate? Would you say? Yeah, yeah. It, it comes, it comes out slightly. You don't really see it uh, like. Too much. I think that's maybe in like the kettle, like whirlpool kind of side of hops. Okay. If you if you, uh, if you do your addition on that side, uh, you can get a bit out of the dry hop, I think. But you know, I usually do see that. Well, I see uh, beer and uh, bozo. Beer and bozo. Yeah, beer and bozo. You're saying expensive hops because you. Oh yeah, very yeah. expensive. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Hazy. Hazy New England IPA is already expensive, so just just add it on. It's okay. Just throw it in there. <laughs> it's part of the deal, right? Uh, you know, yeah, people yeah, know. Exactly. Oh, he asked, uh, "What yeast oh, is in this one? Is it like London?" Well, that's so. That's actually um, that. That's usually part of the most critical because uh, mm. you want like a, a low flocculating yeast. It's good. Um, I tried. Uh, this out because usually people use like foggy London or they use um, uh, was it white labs oh shoot what they, oh what yeah, they yeah. Um, I I used uh, fermentus s33 okay so 
they they the interesting interesting thing I found about this that yeast um, uh, like they they told me that's what this purpose was for this for hazy beers and all that but what they did is they um, uh, they basically took a Belgian yeast and they took the uh, the phenolic compound out of it so they kind of modified it the, the yeast a bit hmm. so that you get more than most of the esters but none of the phenols out of it which gives you the allspice character yeah, more, yeah. and uh so you get that but you also get the characteristic of the yeast that it just stays in suspension and you get that uh, like less flocculating mm. character the sort of for the hazy beers as well right so for a a brewery like you guys who are based in a in an area that has people who are you know what their traditional beers a lot no, not obviously not all of your clientele but a reasonable amount how has people or how have people responded to you know these more sort of trendy new age beers you know the people who come in and want their amber ale or want their blonde or want like you know just a standard type of brew how have they have they been like interested in it or are they like uh get that away from me or what what's the deal there uh i would i would say that they're um they're they're more inclined to try it there, there there's some people that just like will never move they'll never budge if they found something they actually like of yours that are like okay you know like you know they like the light lager and they 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 try our light lager and they're happy. They don't really budge from that too much, um, you know. Like, but you you start to get that curiosity, and then people trying to like expose them to different styles of beer because like they can see people enjoy it, and, and uh, you know, like it's a it. You can see more people start to expand, like their different uh, tolerance. I don't say tolerances, but like just a different yeah. amount of um, maybe. Uh, exposure and and uh, I guess uh, palate adaptability to these other styles, like you know, like with hops, you know, you kind of start incrementally from a pale ale and move up, and then, and then they start to like actually enjoy, and they find that they enjoy these flavors. Like whoa, um, yeah, yeah, well, ex yeah, exactly. So like it just, uh, yeah, just to, yeah, we find like there's a different, we yeah. It's been kind of difficult, mostly because like we really haven't had a chance to open up the place completely. Yeah. Um, so like you know to, but like to start off on the right foot, I think what I like from what I said at the beginning that you know uh, to do a bunch of traditional style beers and that they've come in already in a positive mind frame, and they're just like, oh, Canvas does good beer. You know this. Would probably be good as well and so that's been that's been a very positive thing towards like exposing people to other sides of uh or sorry uh to other styles of beer and that they you know like they may not like the flavors or they may not like the style but they you know appreciate that it's good for what it is and that's kind of like where you really want to bring people to and you just that they're just like, oh, you know, like I, it's not my style, but I think it's good. And like, if, if you can get people to say like that in terms of like, I guess you'd say like, like philosophical with beers and beer styles, like, okay, that's that's just like you want to get somebody to that where like I love my light lager, 
I don't want to get off of that, but I like this and it's good flavors, but I don't, you know, I only want to sip. And like that, you know, that's as best you can get on somebody. I mean, that's a good point. Some, you know, some people just like what they like and they're not willing to try other stuff. But I, I do, I, I like what you're saying there that, you know, if, if there's people who come in regularly and they're like, well, canvas does good beer, even if I don't know if this is for me, I should probably try it because they do everything else well. So this might be interesting and hopefully. What I found, to be honest, and that's kind of where I was coming from with this, was that of all styles of beer that convert people to craft beer, I would say that the two main ones that do are New England IPAs and, and some sours. Sours tend to speak to maybe like a white wine drinker or someone who likes something a little like sweet and sour like that. And then the, you know, this is just like a sweet, creamy thing. And they're like, what? This doesn't t- taste like that fizzy yellow stuff. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's an interesting, uh, I was just curious because of, you know, your location as to whether maybe the, you've noticed that, uh, you know, folks are into this. When did you start doing the trendy stuff, by the way? Was that more of a recent thing? Uh, no, it was within the first year. Hmm. So I think when, sorry, was it your your brother you said? it takes My brother, years? yeah, I think like his friend either went up <laughs> there or whatever, but brought him some. So that I, he right. had Hazy IPA and he had, I think he had one other that I posted. There was, uh, you guys took a photo, I think, of our Citra single pale ale and then Simcoe. I think there was the, the, the two there. No, the two. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, yeah. So, like, I did those back last summer. Okay. So, they were always kind of like. That's about right. To, to like, come out. And and uh, there was definitely a lot more plans to do some more, like, trendy stuff. And, uh, like, I've got some. I've actually got all, like, a wild ferment. Uh, uh, it's sitting in, a, like, one of those plastic totes. Like it's not even in a fermenter or anything like that, and it's just sitting in the brewery. I'm just waiting to like finish it and package it <laughs> and get it going. Like, and it, it had a like a spontaneous fermentation in it too. So, like, like we're gonna, and, you know, I'd love to do some more. Like, you know, uh, I, I guess you'd say like very, very expen- experimental stuff with, uh, you know, like just you know spontaneous fermentation uh, to a lot of like other other types of beer and just to get into that kind of like uh, I guess more niche markets as well and um, you know like I guess uh, starting with like a good base of like traditional beers to 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 start off to start off with but like we're going to continue to go down uh, uh, that kind of like rabbit hole with the the, the trendiness and uh, with like those kind of styles and experimenting and with all that good stuff and like we're just—it's just not going to stop. I mean, like it's—it's it's kind of endless, which is is the fun part about it. Yeah, hundred percent agreed. Um, beer and a buzz is saying spontaneous beers are going to be a thing. I feel like here in Quebec, I feel like they've, they've been a thing for a bit because it, it kind of aligns with the way the Quebec you know, beer scene has been. We've been traditionally quite slow to pick up on the trendiest stuff, and now they have over the last maybe year or two. You know, previous to that, I, can't, I feel like the spontaneous aligned there into the farmhouse and, and all that type of yeah. stuff. Um, I, I imagine the, the spontaneous stuff has been happening out. I mean, I feel like it's still, I guess I, I get what he's saying. Like, you know, you mean like that 
more and more people are going to do them. I feel like it's few and far between, I guess, now I think about it. But I've seen it a bunch out there. I know Bellwoods has a cool ship. Um, yeah. A bunch of other folks have been doing stuff like that. I don't think it's super uncommon or anything. But So it's cool that you got one. That's great, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not not a cool ship per se, but uh, like still spontaneous. Kind of like yeah, still 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 in totes. Like a, it was initial. Um, uh, it was it was uh, initially primary like fermentation with a like a Belgian yeast, and then it just uh, so, something got in there, and yeah. it's like, let okay, it let's let it go, age it out, and see where we're getting, and go from there. So, love it. Yeah, it's pretty. How's it tasting? It's 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 tropical. It's fruity. Um, it's definitely like a bread of some kind, okay. and it's uh, pretty. Uh, it's pretty neat. You know, I'm, I'm trying to debate whether to fruit it or I'm not sure like what to go in terms of the finish yet. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty pretty excited to see what's going to happen. I love it. Do you have um, a barrel program or anything or any plans for something like that? Yeah. Yeah, so we got uh, I got a barrel. Uh, uh, I've got. Uh, sorry, one second. Can I come come back? Close, hey, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. No worries. Yeah, loving a bit of the uh, spontaneous beers out here. I feel like yeah. So on, on that note, dude, like I feel like the um, the spontaneous stuff are um, yeah, they're probably going to pick up more in my mind. I guess I feel like I've seen them around a bit. So I kind of feel like it's a thing, but it's not like a theme thing. So at least here now it's legal. I know there's a uh, bread of sauvage in um, Gaspésie that uh, the uh, whole brewery, I think is mostly all spontaneous shit. Um, there's nothing that can't be fixed with mosaic. Honestly, I've heard that a lot. God damn it. Um, but yeah, I feel like there's, there's definitely a lot more spontaneous type of stuff happening, which is super cool. Um, yeah, like, uh, I'm trying to think out here now that it's, it's, it's legal. Why well, in Ontario bench, how bench has this crazy room, like at the top of there, they have like a full funk side, like a funk side and like a clean side and at the top of their funk side. They got this room. I've never seen it before where they've got special windows where you can open them and close them so that, the, you know, let stuff in. We're just talking about the, uh, I was just yapping on about the spontaneous stuff in the meantime. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're starting to starting to become more and more common. But yeah, so you said you have uh, some barrels right now. Yeah, so I've got um, uh, Buffalo Trace. I got like four bourbon barrels. Nice. Um, I put our, our porter in, and I've taken one out, and uh, like it's just I, I don't know. I think it's just like bourbon, like just the Buffalo Trace bourbon. Like it's just like a really like really smooth bourbon whiskey that really like translated well into uh uh in, into our porter like it's not a very high alcohol porter to begin with i just did our uh like it's like 5.5 percent uh porter and uh it just those flavors are just like really smooth you get the the vanilla from the uh the oak barrel you get a little bit of woodiness from the oak um and then you get like all those nice like the caramel the the, the cocoa flavors from the the porter and it just kind of like it, it works really well at a lower uh, alcohol. What does it come to once you once it's out of the barrels? Uh, I usually find that um, it, it it like I, I haven't got it measured with a alkalizer yet, but um, 
he's drinking, he's drinking Buffalo, Buffalo Trace, right, Trace now. right now. Look at that. Perfect time. Nice, nice. And uh, and then they're uh, uh, usually find like like the first uh, infusion is about a percent higher than what the alcohol you put into the barrel. Okay. So anywhere like from 0.8 to, you know, for 0.8 to, uh, to 1.0%, you get kind of a bump up in the barrel. And uh, you can usually see that uh, they come through. And like, that's where like kind of those like booziness notes really start to, to, to you know, the, to complement each other mm. uh, at a higher alcohol. Love it. That's great, yeah. man. I like that. I feel like I don't hear that enough. Like, people, that's why I was just curious. Where you like, you know, you're putting in a five, six yeah. percent beer into a, uh, you know, a a barrel and then see what happens. That's crazy. I like that because yeah. it's kind of be. You know, sometimes it's like there's. I, I guess that's why I was commenting before on on like the package size. I really started. I have a whole new appreciation for these bad boys. And even if you look at like high ABV stouts, like that come in like a seven fifty, like. I know it's a pandemic. Who's sharing that these days? You know, like it's, it's the smaller the packaging, the better. So I like the idea of a barrel age, like a bourbon barrel age or whatever, uh, you know, 5.5% porter that would come in a short can because it's not overly boozy, but you get a lot of the elements, yeah. those big ones that you can in a single serving that doesn't get you, you know, it's not your one beer for the evening or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. A bit of a challenge yeah, yeah. now. We can't share anything with anybody now. So yeah, yeah, definitely now. And then uh, I always found like you can't, uh, you know, like you have those big big bottles, but you never find any friends to share it with sometimes. <laughs> and all of a sudden, and, and like, and like, six months just, later, you got a hundred of them sitting around. You're like, oh, well, what am I, I supposed to do with these? I, I think that's why uh, beer ages so long. Um, you know, like it's like, oh well, like I, I'd love to try this, but I don't have the right person to try it with. Right. So it's and like, ooh, they wouldn't have appreciate it. Around it. Like, oh well, it's two years old now. <laughs> like, I've, I've got, I imagine you do too. I'm just thinking, like, right behind the camera here, I have like a cabinet under the TV, which is essentially the cellar, the first cellar, and the second cellar yeah. is like boxes next to my damn bed. But like, it's just a whole bunch of stuff in there that I, I probably had it four years. So a lot of stuff, like, I don't know what to do. I thought I. I unrealistically thought I'd get through it. So, you know, every winter you're like, yeah, I'm going to get through the selling this winter. Pff, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then obviously <laughs> the first COVID winter was not uh, friendly towards that. And it's, you know, because I guess you could put a bottle stopper in it, but I don't want to like, I don't know. It might not be the same. I don't know if I want it two nights in a row. You still got to drink yeah. 375 of a thing, of a whatever 10 plus percent thing. It's a lot. Yeah, no, it's it's a lot. Yeah, you need a few. You need friends. It's like that's what the big bottles are there for to to share. That's it. And like, if you don't have anyone to share it with, it's it's a lot of beer, man. It's a lot. Yeah, I was just you know really trying to avoid the, you know just any sort of wastage of some stuff that you've spent all this time. You know, like when I say you, all of us, you people who are purchasing it, you, you put it in yeah. your, your cellar. You don't want to like just drain it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, no, I love it. Oh, okay. Bearded Moses is saying we did, uh, he said Chris from Third Moon never had a reason to open his bottles. Yeah, he had had a bunch. It was, uh, I don't know if you heard Third Moon in um, a new brewery in uh, Milton, Ontario, yep. south of Toronto. They uh, did a pod with them. It ended up being like five hours, which was ridiculous. But the Chris, one of the <laughs> had had this like 
like it should be a, a, like a basement that should be a place where you would charge admission to. Like I've never seen anything oh, like that. it. Where like every single part of the wall was just covered in bottles and cans of just stuff that he he'd had, and then behind the bottles were boxes, and that's where he kept his cellar stuff. Even chicken wire in the roof, in the ceiling of the basement, all the way across. It was the most ridiculous. It was like an hour and a half of him giving us a tour. That's why it was five hours. We're just like losing our shit. Because he just was going through the whole thing, taking his phone around and just and, and filming it all. Yeah, it was, it was pretty intense. Cool. Made all of, uh, if you think you got a good seller, like, no, you see this bloke and he's got a spreadsheet and everything. It's all listed. Oh, a spreadsheet. Oh, that's a serious. Spreadsheet. That's serious. Yeah, it was, it was intense to keep in track of it all. I can imagine if you have that much, it's like that what it is. He's just saying it was like the right. basement from Jeepers Creepers. I don't know what that, I guess the movie? I don't think I've seen that. That. I imagine it's probably less creepy, probably more probably. beery. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'd love to have like, a good bar in my basement, but it's a photo studio, so that's why it looks so good. Oh, it looks so nice. Maybe you can have a bar like on the other side of the camera. Oh, yeah. I, I wish I could, but no. yeah. Well, no. we'll have to discuss it. You can, you can discuss it. You know. I feel like you're the yeah. perfect person for it, to have the, uh, the whole setup, have, the, have a bunch of taps going on, have a keg fridge, you know. Oh, exactly. I know. Like, it, it seems weird that I don't. I know. I was going to say, it's not like it's going to cost you anything for the beer. You just bring, bring a few cakes back. Jeez. Yep. Um, exactly. No, I love it, man. So, okay. So, th- these ones are going good. So, are these these like smaller batch? I imagine these are smaller batch than, than your other stuff? Or do you still do uh, the same size? Yeah. Well, no. Uh, I guess you're saying smaller batches. Uh, yeah, we do like uh, limited. Like, I'm not producing it all the time, but uh i think the i think this hazy beer that uh we had last summer is going to be more so of a steady regular beer and keep it going uh the next one uh the peach uh kettle sour is it's for the summer but it's kind of small batch too as well so we'll have that uh just like limited for for the summertime yeah Okay, have you been doing other? Because I love the idea. Peach is one of my favorite uh, fruits in, in kettle sours. It's so soft and subtle. So I was yeah. super stoked that that's what this was. Have you done? Is this like a series of stuff that you've done variants of? With different. Uh, no, this is uh, this is the first uh, kettle. Well, this is the first sour that Canvas has done. Um, no. The idea is to like I, like I did some other like pilot like sours and some small stuff like that. Um, but this is like the full first, like, you know, uh, lacto fermentation in the kettle, uh, you know, for, for, uh, whatever that was a 24 hour period. Nice. Or a little, little over that. Uh, so I got all the sourness there. Like I did the, like the whole, like large production, I would say, uh, for, for a sour. And, um, but yeah, like it probably, probably will lead, as a good base into other, um, uh, into a series of different fruited hours. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be perfect for some of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we're, uh, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, we don't know what's going to, like, we're probably going to stick with just this one for the summer and then, you know, kind of evolve it as like everything opens up and, you know, we can just kind of like turn things over a little quicker. Right. But, uh, yeah, just make it make it simple for us. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 the fruit's not as sour, I'll just do this again. <laughs> probably easier. Are you using the yeah. like aseptic uh, fruit uh, purees and stuff? Yeah, so I got a, a aseptic fruit uh, puree from Trainers uh, in uh, in Ontario here. They get it sourced from some grower out of uh, um, Colombia, he was saying. So it's like uh, Colombian-grown fruit that they're getting all the purees from. Um, honestly, I've been like, like I, I, did, I didn't think that the impact of the fruit would be as because usually you find it's like the um, the like the, the skin of the fruit because that's usually what people smell and like that's the, you know perception in your uh, olfactory system that you're like you smell that and you're like oh you know peaches yeah like this is just like the meat of the fruit and it it well, I'm building up pretty good but like it's like it's like when you bite into the bite bite into a peach and it just stays there and you're just chewing on the peach. And like it's amazing how much it's like lingered in there. Like it's like it's still in there. It hasn't uh, dissipated, and like it, it's still fresh. Like it's like I did that uh, last week. Packaged it, so it's like a week old. Both um, of these are super fresh. This was 29th of April. It's only like the seventh of May. So this is like a week old yeah. too. It's a week old. Yeah, yeah. Did all did all these beers special for you guys? So yeah. <laughs> Take care of us, bro. I appreciate that. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> and uh yeah, no, I like I don't know, I'm I'm pretty impressed with that. Uh just the impact and the aromatic uh impact as well. Like it it, it smells the same way that I cut it out of the bag. Oof. You're like, talking like, about like, it. Like, oh. You're talking about it, Jeff, and I, I want to put it in my face now. I'm thinking. I mean obviously I got these beers to finish after, but Oh, look at this, Tiffany bringing it over. I do need to use the bathroom though. So what I might get you to do when you you pour it, you want to pour it and just maybe just start to talk a little bit more about the beer. Sure. Back yeah. in thirty seconds, I can still hear you because yeah. it's, it's on loud. Yeah. If you need no, anything, I'll yell. I'll be two seconds. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so we've got our peach kettle sour, four point four percent, zero IBUs. So I didn't put any bitterness uh, hops in there. Um, I used uh, sour pitch from Lullamans to do the lacto fermentation. And then uh, USO5 yeast to um, do the alcoholic fermentation. Uh, the day later, uh, then fermented that out. Um, basically, well, that was about seven days, and then went into a uh, adding the peach in there. Uh, I did it at the end of the fermentation so that the yeast was still in suspension and active, just so that it would uh, ferment any like simple sugars out of the the peach puree. Uh, I, I didn't really want uh, to add too much sugar in, and as you can it, you kind of get the idea that you might uh, cause re-fermentation and then explosion, but uh, yeah, like... I love it. I'm ready for it's it. It's honestly like... Woo! Once you get like... Once you get your nose into it, Ooh. I'll, I'll let him experience this much. Oh, better. yeah. 
Oh, I'm ready. Do you want to take the photo before or do you want to do the final yeah. shot? We do the photos as we go. Um, yeah. It's a, it makes for a nicer experience. Ooh, it looks like peach juice. I was going to ask, why did you choose peach for your first um, kettle sour? Well, you get that. Look at that head. Look at that head. Oh, yeah. Just going to make sure she gets a photo with that beautiful one. Look at this. Ooh, that is sexy. Yeah, why, why did you choose uh, peach, man? Uh, so uh, peach wasn't my first choice. I was going to go with um, – uh, oh, shoot, what was, it? what was the fruit called again? Okay. Uh, Ooh. Let me guess. Can I guess? Can I guess? Was sure. it gua guava? No. Was it tangerine? No, it's pretty obscure too. Okay. Uh, goldenberry. Goldenberry? I would yeah. never have got that, Jeff. I would never have yeah. got that. <laughs> I'm trying to get something new into the market here. <laughs> hey, man. I respect it. What on earth is a goldenberry? What? Pardon? What on earth is a goldenberry? You know those uh, those. Fruits with the big flowers that are dried, and they're usually like a display fruit. Hmm. They're a tropical fruit. Yeah, you might need to re like look it up. And it, but it's um, the, the interesting thing is that it's part of like the tomato family. Hmm. And uh, it, um, Oof. nice. Without the skin, mm. it tastes like a tropical. Fruit. Oh, those things. You, you know what it is. You see it all the time. It's, it's like a cherry tomato. Cherry tomato, just, yeah. It's like a cherry tomato with like the little thing on the outside. You see them at the uh, supermarket all the time. Yeah. Yeah, these things are wicked. Golden berries. Oh, no shit. All right. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was looking at that and then uh, supply issues, timing, ideas. That's a good thing, It's like my second thought was to do peach. Okay. But not to like... You know, a lot of people go like, well, a lot of people, but uh, you you can go really sour, really tart with it and get like overly, um, uh, like too much like sour peach candy mm. kind of notes to it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't want to go that far with the sourness. Like it, it's still pretty, it's still very tart. Like you still get like a lot of good sour. Yeah. Um, even on the pH scale, if you're going to measure that side, like we're down to like, uh, I think we're at 3.5. Uh, uh, pH. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, we're about there. And you know, it's uh, with all like, I I just um, I think one thing I found surprising with with, with what I was going to use there is is the impact that how much it sweetened it up uh, the beer in the fermenter and then how much aromatic. Um, impact it had and how much it's staying yeah. um how much the flavor is kind of still in there like it's it, it's i i i should go get a sales job for 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 this company yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it like it like it's just a good it's just a good product so oh dude this is exceptional i see exactly what you mean even beer and buzz is glad you went with peach so am i i love peach beers man mm. um mm. It's like so the nose is like, like like you were saying when you crack it and you pour it, it, you can smell the peach in the room. When I'm like my nose is right up in it, it's oh, the peach is like heavy. I don't know if I'm getting like the peach skin, but it smells juicy as hell. 
and it's got so much flavor. Like you said, it's only 4.4%. So much flavor in this thing. Um, super, let me take another sip. Mm. Mm. Like it's light and refreshing, but there's like just the right amount of flavor to keep you coming back. It's not like over the top. I can picture like by a lake, pool, ocean, drinking this like all day without like burning your teeth off with too much sour vibes or too much sugar. Yeah. It's like you could drink it. It's like carbonated, slightly watered down peach juices. And it's not because if you add too much, it'd be too sugary. And you haven't, yes. like, you haven't, like you said, you haven't gone balls to the wall with the, with the, uh, with the tartness or the tanginess, which can yeah. happen and, and can work. But I can yep. see the purpose of this beer, which is a different thing altogether. This is, this is a great, yeah. this is really good. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like I, I, I guess it comes down into uh, would you have a second pint? Yes. And, and like, you know, th- the tricky thing I think with some sours is like, can you, can you, like, would your body want to have a second pint? Mm-hmm. It's like some sours, like it's like one drink and you're satisfied and it's a great experience. But, you know, like I- I'd like to have people have a few pints, enjoy themselves if they really like it and, you know, continue on. Yeah, uh, but not but not drive away. Never get an Uber. <laughs> if there's not Uber in Huntsville, get a taxi or a friend or something. Whatever you got up. Yeah, we don't have Uber, so taxi. <laughs> taxi works. Whatever, whatever happens. Uh, Mark is saying evening. All what's up, Mark? Thanks for coming through, bro. Um, dude, Thank no, you. this is great. Like, I can see that this this to me. I'm not a day drink. I really don't like day drinking. I'm, I'm a, like a vampire. I'm like super night owl. I don't like getting up early. I'm like stay up late type of thing. But I can imagine if I was going to drink during the day, yeah. this is a type of thing that sort of like it's light enough. It's not gonna, you're never going to really get trashed off it. You yeah. can continue to drink it, like you were saying. You have multiple pints. I you know imagine like like I don't know. Typically, I wouldn't drink the same beer back to back because of the nature of craft beer. I'm always you always want to try something different. But I yes. could imagine getting like a four pack of these or a six pack of these and sitting around chilling around some water. I feel like this feels like a water type of beverage where it's like you get that little, sometimes you just want a little bit of sweetness, you know, like you don't always yeah. want like a bitter crispy boy type of thing. You want this little, uh, you know, a little bit of extra, but if it's yeah. like sticky sweetness, you start getting full and, and, and like, you know, because of the carbs that come with the sugar, it kind of fills you up a bit, but this is like, you've hit like a really nice balance that I don't think uh, I, I've seen a lot, man. This is, this is, really genuinely great this is dope uh, I, I, you got to do a series of it. Gotta happen. <laughs> i think i think it, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's gonna happen but uh i was gonna say as well you're talking about you know hop and bitterness and all that uh you weren't here but uh i i didn't put any any hops or any bitterness okay so like there's no element of that within here so it's just uh, the malt base there, um, which is like wheat, spelt, um, barley. Um, then I uh, kettle soured it. Alcoholic fermentation, peach puree, and like that's, that's it. it. Nice and easy. Yeah. No, man, it's yeah. uh, it, it's so beautifully simple. Um, this is fantastic. This is like, 
it's better than it deserves to be for a 4.4%, which is, it's just so much flavor in it. Like, you know, whenever I get, a, I, and you, do you know what, to be honest, you achieve that with all of the beers. Tonight. I feel like the, the cold, like 4.5, so much flavor that like, you know, sometimes when you start getting below 5%, it is, I imagine it's quite a task for a brewer to be able to maintain a, a reasonable level, level of um, a flavor profile, you know, because you are working right. so much less malt to be able to, to keep that ABV. Um, yep. Everything has been full. You know, the culture was fantastic. The pale ale was super juicy, but had a super interesting uh, um, body that still packed that shit ton of flavor. The, I mean, well, the IPA was the hazy IPA was six percent, so that's a different beast altogether. That was killer. But this is yep. like I'm very impressed, bro. Across the board, this is like my first uh, you know time trying any of your stuff, to be honest, and um, extremely impressed. Like, like this is some cool stuff, and it's, it's in a completely different like. Uh, realm, I guess, because you're of who you're. You've you've been you've been able to really work with flavor to appease the local audience that might not be super into crazy stuff. But like you're you're hitting like the craft beer nerds and dudes like myself and a lot of people watching and listening would be in that vibe. That like you know it, it's it's not easy to do that. You know it's a, it's a type of thing where like you know. I could go there and like, you know, I got my craft beer noob friends. I could be like, nah, come to Canvas, man, because, you know, you're going to get some great Kolsch and a great bunch of stuff that you're not scared of. But I can be completely satiated drinking all of this crazy stuff that you're doing. And yeah, I think that's like the, the perfect balance for, for a brewery to have. So well done, brother. I love Thank it. you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that's, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, it's great to be able to, you know, not appease appease everybody, but like to to, to offer great styles. Sorry, sorry, yeah, great styles, uh, well done for for everybody. So that you know, like you yourself, you can come in and like you said, like you can bring uh, your your non craft beer friends or your your crap new to craft beer friends, and then still get your you know like whatever I you know West Coast IPA or hazy or sour or something and they can enjoy like a, a good beer and that's kind of like the, the the encompassing uh experience we want on the beer side of what we want to bring to 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 everyone yeah man it's 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 the money zone you've done really well with that beer and a has a good question for you actually any collabs on the horizon i feel like that would be an interesting uh thing for you guys have you done any collabs yeah. before and Yes. Uh, yeah, we did. Uh, I've done one um, at the brewery and then one prior to when we were still building uh, with a good friend of mine at, uh, at Forefathers Brewing Company. And yep. then uh, we brought, when we brought him in, like the last time we did that, uh, we uh, at his place, but then we did ours here and we brought in uh, Frenchie's uh, crepes as well. It's a little food truck. And um, we actually put, like, we made a Canadian breakfast ale. Nice. Uh, so we were, it's kind of like a fun thing. We're like, oh, uh, you know, like, 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 let's just throw what we, whatever we can, make it as sweet as we possibly can. Uh, so Frenchie's brought their crepes in. Uh, we got donuts. Uh, we've got uh, maple syrup from... Uh, from Cambridge area, like a local uh, 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 sugar bush there. And uh, just like made it like really, really sweet. Lots of like wheat, lots of oats, like just a big, big, huge body to it. 
and it kind of came across as like a maple uh and sorry and lactose most mm. important yeah and uh you know basically made on it like a nice like uh, maple uh glazed donut Ooh. kind of flavor to it like it was really really unique really sweet um not overly sweet too like it wasn't like cloyingly sweet where you can only have like you know you get some barrel aged beers that are just like you're know, like oh i can only have like an ounce and this yeah. is great <laughs> and i'm like i'm done yeah yeah like i i'm surprised that people buy you know 12 packs and two fours of that that beer it was like hey you need to make this again like, oh yeah okay <laughs> some people have a tolerance yeah yeah exactly yeah, so uh, in the future, though, yeah, I'd love to uh, – I was trying to organize stuff with um, – uh, sorry, I've done with uh, one with Flying Monkeys when we were down uh, – uh, that was before we were open to Flying Monkeys. Um, I was trying to organize something with Sawdust City. Nice. Um, trying to get, like th- – there's something around, like, all the Muskoka breweries, too, like, with, uh, like, Muskoka Brewery, obviously, Sawdust City, Lycan Bay's. Get, get something of all of us together that we were talking about. Um, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely a lot of uh, nothing planned. It's kind of hard to plan at this point, but yeah. lots in the future. I love it. No, that, that makes a lot of sense, particularly, you know, local collabs as well, which, you know, probably the easiest because you could probably safely still do it in person, I guess, mm-hmm. if, if you have all the protocols in place and stuff. And, uh, you know, and it just fosters that local, um, you know, particularly coming into the summer when people are going, you know, like coming up to the area, I imagine that's still going to happen with regardless of kind of what happens. People are going to shoot back up there to, to holiday or whatever. And, to you know, they're going to be looking for places, even if, fingers crossed, they can drink there, you know, and all, you're able to open up. But worst case, you can't, you know, having some sort of collabs that you're able to go pick up at, each brewery or something, we're working together. If they go to Gravenhurst and they go to Sawdust and see Sam and them, and they're like, "Oh, Cam's, what's that? Oh, they're around the corner in Huntsville." Like, "Oh, sick! Let me go check them out while I'm in town." And you know, it just encourages and fosters that kind of craft beer community, which is, yeah, I guess the whole point of collabs. It, it is, and uh, you know, it's it's always giving some you know your own customers something new, like. It's definitely the most fun part about being in a brewery in the brewing industry because, like, you know, ideas can come from anywhere and usually they're pretty fun, like where the ideas come from for beers. And it's nice to, like, be with a bunch of other brewers from other breweries and you just sit there as, like, you know, friends and just drink beers, come up with a crazy idea and it's like, okay, let's see if it works, experiment and and have some fun, you know, like drink some beers and hang out and... I mean that, well, that's what it's all about. At the end of the day, it's just just you know let's, let's relax. It's beer. Let's have some fun. It's not that serious. It's, no. Yeah. It's not. It's not too serious. It, no. it can be serious enough. <laughs> it, it can be. It can be. <laughs> I love it, bro. No, this is awesome, man. Um, on that note, I mean we're we're coming up, and I don't want to keep you too long. I'm super conscious of this. Um. Was there anything else you wanted to touch on, or how do you, how do you feel? Do you feel like we we got most of the stuff in here? Yeah, I, I think so. I think we're doing pretty good, and um, I'm good for a little longer. If you, you oh, you are. Oh man, I'm chilling. I'm yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. No, good. No, I just no. want to make sure I'm not keeping you up. Uh, I, I kind of feel no, bad. No. I was thinking, oh man, like 
the damn, uh, you know, the, the brew is ours. So, you know, as long as we're, we're yeah. good. You know, I'm, I'm genuinely loving this. So I think this is like, this is definitely something I, I think is going to gonna get some attention over the summer. It's just like the perfect, you know, people always talk about like the yeah. cottage beer, right? Like this is like the perfect yes. cottage beer that's, um, you know, just, it, it's, it's hitting that right sort of money zone. Like, I mean, obviously everything else does as well, but there's something about this one that I'm loving the most as far as the, the profile, like whatever, like you were, you're exactly right with the way you were describing the peaches. They're just like, oh, it's just so gorgeous. It's, and it's just like, I don't think I've had a kettle sour that's this uh, restrained is probably the word I'm looking for. Um, yeah. yeah. In, in a good way. I mean, I'm, I'm down for the enamel removing, you know, tear your face right. like that was too, but. You might as well drink yeah, some vinegar. Yeah, you I might like, as well. You know, you know, <laughs> no like what I, what i find like yeah what, uh, what if i was sour is like like how 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 should i say this so in a, in a way to kind of think about it you, you think about like drinkability mm-hmm. and that and like there's like components and i i always kind of joke about this and i don't see it obviously going to say it pretty loudly here but you know like it, it's funny though what people find and this is like what the big brewers have all kind of discussed and like in terms of drinkability or sessionability, like is their term. And they're just like, okay, what would make somebody drink a six pack of your beer? Mm. Okay. What prevents people from drinking six pack of beer? You know, like usually first it's like hops, like, like bitterness and things like that. Like it, you know, like you, you, you do limit yourself out there. Um, you know, like it's, it's, it's uh, like, like yeast character, like sometimes like, you know, the spicy character from some yeast or like pretty, pretty hard on you and then like there's you know like there's malt character too and you can be too too sweet too caramelly things like that so like you know where like you kind of drive everything down to like the basics where it's like very subtle on all of those or or negative on them you can you can create very sessionable beers and it's like like looking at looking at that perspective of like large scale breweries and like that's been the their driving force, and that's why we see light loggers. And where 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 it's gone to, where it's basically just like water. You're like, okay, well, so people don't like any of those things. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they just want alcohol and they want carbonated water. Is basically what you know what they want. You're like, okay, so like, how do you build like subtle flavors and move up into that side? And you can see where like the craft beer side has gone from like, you know, like, oh, hop, you know, hops are good. Bitterness is good. Um, uh, you know, yeast flavor is good. You know, like, all, and, and these are, these styles are all good and, and it can be, you know, very nice and drinkable. And just like, I, I, I just found that as a very interesting concept hmm. to where the brewery, like if you're talking about prohibition, that from prohibition, like, the downscaling of like small craft breweries, microbreweries, regional breweries to like, you know, the big conglomerates. And that's been their driving force to make as many sales as they can. Um, you know, like that, that's been their uh, target audience to make a most mass appeal beer. Yeah. And you're like, you, you know, like there's something to learn from it, but you know, like to, to take that and to employ, flavor at, at good at good levels to exceeding levels 
to everyone's taste. It's kind of, I think it's, it's something I was look, I, I kind of was looking at and like, it's kind of, um, I don't know, it's definitely something to consider and to, to add into what your, your, you know, for recipes, trying to like move things forward that way. Mm. No, I like, I mean, I guess you got to be forward thinking as well and, and try and, uh, look at, you know, what other people, what, what the folks are really going to be wanting moving forward um, as well. Cause yeah. you're in, I guess it's sort of like a, cause you're sort of hitting two sides of it because your distribution market and then your home market. So it's like, yeah. do you create the beers? Like you have to create just enough. Well, not do you, but you have to do both. You got to create the beers for the people who are, you know, who are there, who are your bread and butter, who is like coming in, like you were saying, buying the cases and the, 12 packs or whatever. And then now because you're in the LCBO. So yeah, I mean, you've got um, the pale now, which is going to really, at the end of the day, that's like the brand ambassador for the rest of the beers. That's the, it's kind of like, Definitely. The, even though you've got flagships in the brewery, like the public facing flagship to the outside of the region is going to be this, uh, the, the pale ale. So they're going to try that. And then the idea is that they're going to want to try the rest from the brewery when they order online or, you know, they're in the air, they come by and they pick some stuff up. So it's sort of like an interesting thing where you've got to like look at what you're going to create and for whom. Uh, yes. To try and, uh, you know, like I feel like the way that you got, because it's, it's such an interesting thing for breweries because, and particularly being where you are, because say if you're in like a mecca, like a city or whatever, you're probably going to, if you're in the city or something like, you know, like the hipster areas or whatever, you're probably really only going to need to create the, the trendy stuff. Yeah. Excuse me. The, the, yeah. the other stuff isn't really going to move the needle for you. No. You're in a place where it's necessary to, to have that sort of original color wheel, you know, from the yes. blonde to the amber and, and, and going darker, um, whilst also trying to satiate both yourself as a creative, as a creative individual, as an artist on a canvas, uh, you know, you, you're going to need to, um, to be able, like you were saying earlier, like it's, it's interesting for you to not, you don't want to make the same beer over and over because that shit is boring, man. Like at least you've got these cool, you know, like these cool canvases once again, that you can just sort of like slap a little label on and they all look cool and you can just do something and test them out. And then if it kills it enough, you could upgrade it to a permanent thing that yes. has like a, you know, the, the proper label or a tall can or whatever it might be. Um, yep. Yeah. It's such an interesting, interesting thing for you, but that's cool because you now have the, 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 the other opportunities for the store. So, you know, you can, you can go in multiple directions here with, with all different stuff and you know, whether it's from your own doors or whether you, you make it to sell there and, but hey, I've got this, amazing peach kettle sour and super crushable and you know you can make some noise in another market within the, the province whether it's out in Ottawa or Toronto Kingston London yep. Barry whatever and 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 push that out there it's it's, it's a cool kind of place to be in it is to be it is and, uh, you know it, it like it, it kind of forces you to um like in terms of creative like you know you have to be creative enough to um, and it be adaptable enough to what the, the local market needs and to what the greater market needs. Mm. And, uh, you know, like to, to, to really survive uh, and thrive in, in where we are, 
which is, you know, part of the, you know, the business plan was to, to, to make a distribution company, uh, like a brewery as well. And, you know, like we, cause the seasonality, as I described before, you know, like we're, we're set up to, um, maximize what we can people in the doors as, as, as we can, as well as mm-hmm. like, you know, like I got a, uh, we have a 20 barrel brew house and we just, uh, we just put in our, uh, our first like 60 barrel fermenter too. Nice. And I got a four, uh, sorry, three, uh, 40 barrels. We initially started with and a 20 barrel fermenter and like, our Kolsch actually, uh, because of the, our numbers over last summer, uh, we were just, we were running out, of, we were running out of beer in, in the big, you know, in the summertime. And we needed a, we basically, I needed to produce about 60 barrels or 7,000 liters worth of that specific beer through the summer to even like manage that. And that, and that's COVID too. That, that's not like, uh, like no, regular restaurants like that we had before because like all their, um, all their sales were like there, everyone was in the shitter, of course. Yeah. And you know, like our, our keg sales weren't as much as what we were anticipating going into it. So it was encouraging, like, uh, certainly encouraging for like the sales and it was a big bullet to bite to, uh, purchase, install, get in place for this summer. And, uh, you know, like we're ready, like we're ready for this, like the, you know, that, that, the that sort of season. sales flux, the busy season, but it's like, you know, it was a, it was a pretty big nail biter to, to make sure we know, oh. like we had to, we had to expand that way, you know, uh, especially over, uh, these tight, uh, the, the tight months of COVID, right? Yeah, man, I, I can only imagine like those purchasing decisions are going to be, you know, they're going to weigh on you like 10x what they normally would. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. Make that. yeah. Yeah, 10x and like minimal, uh, minimal cash flow. It's been, uh, been, been pretty, been, it, it's been what it was. Yeah, <laughs> and look, it's, it's trash and it sucks. It really, really does. The one thing that kind of gives me hope, because when, when this all started, I guess as all of us, I was like, oh, man, like, breweries are fucked like what's gonna happen um but people were bored shitless to begin with and they were drinking more than normal so and i think that leveled out eventually but i don't think it's gone down because i feel like the money that people because i was like oh people there's gonna be so many people who are screwed and they're not gonna have that disposable income but all i i imagine that the the serb thing you know helped a lot of people out those that were fortunate enough to keep their situations um, didn't have other things to spend it on. They weren't going to restaurants. Maybe we're all going to Uber. We try and go to Uber Eats once or twice a week to support local yep. restaurants and stuff or go directly if they have a uh, an option just yep. to, to keep that going and stuff. But um, beer isn't something that seemed to have suffered. And from what I understand from other brewery owner friends have said that their sales are the same as the year, but say 2019, but the margins, as you were mentioning, you know, everyone should be pretty aware that, you know, obviously if there's no packaging in the middle, you don't have to pay for aluminium and the canning machine and the, you're selling that at wholesale to the LCBO, blah, 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 or wherever you're selling it to, like all of those eat up costs, eat up some of your, your, your profit there. So obviously you might be selling the same volume, but your margin's not the same. 
maybe to be fair, you don't have the same volume of staff because you don't have to take care of as many people. But at the same, you know, I guess all of that to say the breweries are alive, and I haven't really t- I mean, no wood to touch here, but I haven't really here we go. I haven't seen any anyone go under yet, and I feel yes. like everyone is maintaining. At the very least, like, is it optimal? Of course not. Like, uh, is everyone thriving? Some, most aren't thriving, but are getting by. Given it's a pandemic and people are literally dying, I guess it's uh, the best we could ask for. Yeah. Oh no, no. We we got to do what we got to do, and you know, uh, hopefully more of these vaccines roll out, and everyone's you when know, we get healthy, and we keep like, especially in Ontario here, we're locked down till May, I think, twentieth, okay. and. Hopefully we're open for outdoor dining minimal this uh, this this summer, and you know we can move on from here. That's it, bro. And that, so that, like, that, we're all going to do our part, and this is our part. And you know it, it's a it's a sacrifice, and uh, it's tough. But you know we're uh, you know like I, I've talked about a lot of like you know uh, you get the sixty barrel fermenter in, then I get uh, you talk about the the LCBO and. We're in beer stores, the beer store in Ontario, and then we're also yeah. in uh, uh, grocery stores as well. Cool. So, like, we, we've been forced to expand ourselves into these, you know, lower margin. But, like, you need that. Like, it was an inevitability, which we were built to do that. Uh, we were just uh, forced to pivot faster and harder, and we were just weren't able to... Uh, uh, you know, capitalize so quickly. Like, like if we're already in like LCBOs, beer stores, like all that kind of stuff, when this happened, it wouldn't have been such a hard turn. But mm. it was not. Like, we're still like we're just in year two. <laughs> so, like, a lot. you know, like that's where, that's where the pivot was like really struggling hard, and we're just we just finished construction in March of last year. Ooh, so literally, when it all happened. Literally, when it happened, that the end of the month was when everything transferred over from the general contractor to us. And then that was when lockdown went down. And we were full lockdown, well, two weeks prior to that. So, you know, it uh, it was pretty, pretty tight. (laughs) Very tight. Like, couldn't be tight. Yeah, it was very, uh, very stressful. And we went from our, you know, 40 accounts and our retail store and our bar to zero revenue streams and uh, or I guess to one to our, our retail store. I mean, yeah. And uh, that was, uh, was not a great first couple of months. <laughs> can imagine. <laughs> Jeez, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it was, it was a hard pivot, hard, you know, like struggle and, uh, you know, uh, yeah, we, we, we made it happen. We're still here. So it's all good. And you know, yeah. And the idea is, like you said, hopefully this summer we go back to the patio and the that type of stuff. Like I said, out here we haven't had that either. So hopefully that'll be they'll determine that those areas are kind of safe. I don't think they've got data to say that it's spreading on open patios at a distance and uh, you know in open air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think so. Like I mean, from what I what I understand, like we should at least have that. Now and then it'll at least be like weather dependent, you know. Like if, of course, whatever, like it's snowy or cool or whatever, you know. If we don't get like last summer was pretty awesome. Like we we had on I don't know about you guys in Montreal, but I think it was good. Like it was uh, we we were hot and dry, and it was like it was it was an awesome summer. 
uh, weather-wise. So, like, we, you know, it was, bet- it was very beneficial for us because you never know what you're going to get. Sometimes, we're like, it might be a little cool, wet, or at least, like, cool, wet in the evenings and get hot days. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a really good, really good summer weather-wise last year, uh, which benefited us for outside dining or, or everybody, really. And uh, hopefully we get something similar to that, but hopefully. I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like it's it's interesting. I've only I've been in Canada like pushing eleven years. So what from what I've seen, this this last like twelve months has been the most accurate turning of the seasons that I've personally ever seen. Obviously, you know, I'm not the same as anyone who's been here 30, 40 years to understand it, but um, yeah. seeing that like, you know, on the money, like winter start like it didn't snow in october like it normally could like we got a fall all the way and we got that and my my guess of what i've read and, and heard you know the lack of planes in the sky the lack of cars on the road maybe have contributed to not that you know, less pollution which has let the earth move I don't know, i'm probably bullshitting but you know to, to to move the season through so the idea i'm hoping is that you know all the rain will be ended you know by the end of um by when spring is typically over and then we get like a real solid dry not humid because i hate humidity we don't have that in australia really so i'm not used to the humidity it kills me wipes me out man um can't breathe is that that uh uh, correct me if i'm wrong but that means you're you're from south australia correct i'm from melbourne the southern part of australia from melbourne yeah good guess good one I was I was like, well, I I studied studied a little bit because I was like, I'd like to my travels. I was like, oh, I'd like to go to Australia. I met a lot. Of, you meet a lot of Australians traveling. Of course, we're everywhere. Uh, we're like, just like Canadians. You yeah, see you guys. Everywhere. Yep, everywhere yeah. And I was like, oh, this seems like a cool place to go. So I looked at it like uh, Darwin. Uh, so that's up the, on the north. Yeah, yeah, that's like crazy that's humid very, and tropical cyclones. Yeah, like crazy very tropical, humid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, that, that sounds like kind of similar to what we are in the summer times. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. But down the, down, well, yeah. I, I, to me, it kind of reminds, basically, it's the, think of Australia as America flipped. So like mm-hmm. Queensland, which is the, yep. like there's Queensland, New South Wales, and Victoria, like Queensland is like Florida, hot all year round, yep. some crazy people. But, like, if you go to the southern part of Queensland, which is, like, towards New South Wales, border, Gold Coast and Brisbane, like, the capital and stuff, like, that's shit. That's pretty dope there. The weather's great. It's kind of 20, 25 degrees year-round. Chilling. Awesome. And as you go further down, Melbourne is, like, the the southernmost city on the continent, on the actual continent. And it's Tasmania, which is, like, an island which gets a little colder because it's, like... That's the only thing stopping between Melbourne and Antarctica, for fuck's sake. Like, it's kind of crazy when you really think about it. So our winters are like English winters when you were in Scotland and stuff like that. Miserable, raining, dark, uh, gross. Right. But yeah, it's yeah. like five degrees. Maybe overnight it gets zero, five, ten degrees. And people, I, you know, I've been here for like all this time. So I know what minus 40 is here in Montreal. So I'm like, yeah. to me, Melbourne winters are soft, but <laughs> it's still yeah. miserable. Like you can't deny the miserability of it but the summers are no. beautiful and they were always like 45 degrees and like dry heat like just desert dry like it just hit you so those days were sick but they usually would have like a cool change it'd be like 45 degrees and all of a sudden a thunderstorm would be down to like 25 type of thing yeah, yeah. so i was used uh, to that and then coming here yeah. and i wasn't used to that water in the air and not being able to breathe 
I'm just sitting here oh. and I'm just sweating and dying. Like, what is happening? So I'm hoping that it'll balance out a little bit. And like that extreme was maybe the earth correcting from the pollution. So I don't know. Either way, the, oh, the season seemed good. Hopefully that means we're going to get some uh, something a little more normal this year. Because yep. so far it's been pretty dope. Um, yeah. On a slightly separate subject, Beer and Abose is asking a really good question, which is something that's come up a lot recently. I love this. Any interest in the zero alcohol segment? There's some great stuff being done, which is true. I feel like it's a, it's, it's one of the most bird. And I never thought this. I thought it was all bullshit. I hated that low alcohol beer, like low, you know, two percent and under beer. Here it was is always is popping here. People love it. And I thought it was like, what's the point? But I've started to really embrace it. I love non-alcoholic beers. It's, I've balanced my out because of the pandemic. I've really got strict drinking nights. And I balance my drinking really well. And one thing that ever you know, hits the spot, if you have a craving, is a, a non-alcoholic beer. So I always make sure I keep them around. Uh, and my cool. girlfriend, too, whenever we're like, oh, I want to drink tonight. I'm like, let's hit that non-alcoholic beer. And you have that. And it's the experience of cracking the can and pouring it into a beer. We make sure we use a beer glass. And it looks like beer. Tastes kind of like yeah. beer. Like it's fizzy beer water. But it hits yeah. on the spot. So... Yeah, I feel like it's 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 one of the biggest growing markets. Have you have you looked into that at all? We I, we, we definitely have. Um, sort of like a uh, extension of like the the British beers and the lower lower alcohol beers. Um, you know, like we wanted to, uh, you know, like we're conscious of like the drinking and driving laws. Like they've gotten pretty strict here in Ontario, right? And like we're definitely a driving town destination. And, uh, like, and, and, and as well as, you know, like most craft beer, are like a pretty high alcohol and like they're really rich in flavor. They're really good. So like you want to have your, you know, hazy IPA that 6%, but you know, you got to drive or, or do something else like that. Like we want to get into, uh, like, you know, like a 2% beer or, or something like that. Like, but like really, really you know, hits the spot, like really, it, it doesn't seem like it, it's that low alcohol. Yeah. And then, exactly. you know, go from there um, to get down to like, even uh, like non-alcoholic, that's something that I'd like to get ourselves into that market as well. And um, like outside of pasteurization, I'm, I'm looking at like, like, like preservatives. Um, I know it's a bad word in, in most, in most people's spheres, but like, to get like, you know, the uh, a, a stable product that you can have out there and not do the pasteurization. Um, for us to do that in house, it's pretty, you know, like you can't do it without without like outsourcing it. Right. Uh, so to try to keep it in house, like we'd have to look at those kind of options. But uh, definitely the like the low alcohol, like from like one to, you know, one to three percent. Like I, I'd like to get ourselves into those ranges um, and then even try to get ourselves into non-alcoholic. I think it'd be a good look. I think you make a good point in that not only is Ontario and you're right, it's super driving whenever we go to Toronto because my girlfriend's from Toronto. I lived there first. My brother lives in Toronto. It was, yeah. you know, it was always a thing. I only moved here to keep me in the country, went to French school. Um, <laughs> we, it was just easier. 
uh, and then we just stayed. Okay. But uh, you know, every time we rent a car, we drive because Toronto is pretty difficult to to maneuver without a car, in my opinion. It's it's definitely easier, and obviously, if you come up to where you guys are at, it's basically mandatory. It's all driving. It's all driving. You got, you, you got to drive everywhere. Yeah, totally. So there's yeah. something to be said about that, and I feel like it's like I, I don't know if it's picked up in the same way in Ontario that I've seen here in Quebec, but I feel like it's like only just a little behind, if anything as far as that sort of like uh, demand for something like that, where like, you know, obviously right now it's probably a little different. I think the, 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 there's two different needs for it. There's the need that I mentioned before, which is like to hit the spot where you're trying not to drink. You know, some of the ones you can get are like, there's one we get now from, uh, I think it's from PEI and it's 30 calories. It's ridiculous. Right. And it's tasty as hell. It's like a little pale. Right. It's beautiful. And then That's perfect. You've got the opposite side, which is when you're out and about at the bars and maybe you're the DD and you're cruising around and maybe, you know, you can have one full strength beer or something like that. And then the rest of the night, you can feel like you're part of the crew and not feel like you're sort of left out, but you're able to sip on a non-alcoholic beer that's, you know, tastes most of the way there. Uh, you know, yeah, I feel yeah, like there's, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, yeah, you definitely. Exactly. Yeah. The, the, the thing I find like, you just don't want to be that uncool guy drinking water. Water in the bar, and you kind of feel like, yeah, you sit here, like, with like, this. Yeah, party's like, yeah. yeah, no, I don't. I'm, just I'm having a great time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the Story very least, if you can catch. It's like, shut up. Exactly. Shut up, drunk friend. Go yeah, away. it's like, oh, this guy again. <laughs> the very least, no, you kind of feel like a part of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You feel like a part of it. If you're drinking a, you know, non-alcoholic beer and, you know, you got a beer glass and, you know, the whole thing is like, and it mostly tastes like it. I used to not like it. But when you realize, if you think of it, you have to position it in your head like this beer flavored fizzy water. So it's Perrier. It kind of tastes like beer and looks like beer as opposed to expecting it to taste like the hazy IPA. And I don't know, that's what got me over the edge. And I'm like, yo, I appreciate these things now. Because I can imagine it's pretty tough because there's multiple, like you were saying, there's multiple ways. There's the dealkalization way of doing it. There's like a special yeast. There's some other way that I forgot about. There's like a few different ways you can make them. And it's not easy to, to make them uh, flavorful, appealing. Yes. Uh, you know, and I feel like there's, there's, there's definitely a lot of good ones out there. So I, it, it sounds like it's uh, definitely might be something that would make sense for you based on where mm-hmm. you're at and, and you know, who, who you'd be targeting and stuff. And I imagine yeah. once things free up, and even if people aren't able to come to bars yet, but they can go to someone's house, there's going to be a DD to go to someone's house still. So maybe they yeah. might need to have you know bring a couple non-alcoholics with them as well. They can you know to the exactly same they like flavors and the the components of beer. Like they can still at least enjoy beer flavor, you know, beer flavored beer, beer flavored beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, beer flavored fake beer. Yeah, close enough. It's close enough. Yeah. What kind of like blew my mind a little bit? Like I knew it was a big segment. I could see the numbers. I can see trends going towards like non-alcoholic. But uh, we're at a local grocery store here in town at uh, Independent uh, Grocers, and there was like skids of non-alcoholic beer they're bringing in. One day I was delivering, and like we sell like quite a lot of beer there. Like, you know, 20, 30 cases, I, I we bring in a load sometimes. And like I saw like a skid of of non-alcoholic beer and I was like, 
like, whoa, like, oh yeah. Like, like talking to the, the owners and the managers there and like, oh yeah, we just like, if you guys make one, like uh, they'll buy it of course. And they're just like, yeah, we'll just like, we, go, we, we just can't keep it on the shelves. Wow. And I was like, oh, wow. That's, you know, like more, more of that, like, you know, like straight hit. You're just like, oh, wow. Like, you know, like I knew this was real. I knew we want to get into this, you know, like we got to get something going. Like it's, it's definitely not going to happen this summer. You know, like I'll, uh, we'll try to see over the winter and maybe organize for next, uh, next summer or at some point next year. But, uh, you know, like, it's just like, oh, wow. There's mm -hmm. like, like that, that purchasing of that much is pretty, pretty crazy. It, it can work out pretty good. I was speaking to uh, Matt at Rorschach in Toronto, and they have one called Free Spirit. He was telling me, he's like, the amount of effort, work, expenses into the ingredients, it's no different than uh, a full-strength beer. But, yeah. you know, you sell it for around the same, but it's like you're using all that same energy to get the opposite of what you would try to get out of a regular beer. And he said it's, it's quite a lot, but... There's like people who come in and exactly what you're talking about because they just buy it by the case, my couple cases at once. Even if it's like yeah. a pale ale, like essentially the you know the hazy IPA type of style, like you can make it in like a West Coast style. You can do that. You can do. Yeah. I mean, I think it's harder to do like a blonde or lager pills and a type of thing in that style. It's probably easy to do some sort of a some ale, but um, yeah, yeah, people just stacking up man i think it's a sort of like it seems like it's the product that's keeping people sane through all of this and also keeping them like you know particularly because there's something to to be said about the calorie level i feel like there's some sort of uh requirement to put a nutritional label so you do know you get that lab result and you know what your calories are at and your sugars and carbs and all that uh as yep. opposed to a regular bit you don't have to do that and it's yes. uh, i don't know it speaks to all of that like it's 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 fascinating how much how many how much people love and even even us when not those people obviously Tiff has a wine and spirits uh, Instagram platform as well that goes hand in hand right. with this and you know literally this is a big part of what we do is alcoholic beverages and like I've been surprised at how much the non-alcoholic stuff has appealed to both of us and and satiating those needs to be able to give us that balance that we needed in our lives right. to, I have to drink every damn night type of thing. It's yeah, yeah, you know, if the supermarket's saying that to you, bro, it's a ugh, done deal right there. Yeah, I know, I know, and just just got to implement. Got to got to do some pilot batches, and yeah, it's gonna take a go. some research. Yeah, yeah. definitely seems worth yeah. it. Before I forget, my camera's starting to die, so I want to get the screenshot for the thumbnail. Do you want to hold up yeah. some of the uh, the the empty cans or something for the old uh, for the old photo here? Just make sure I, I get that. Yes, getting these. Yeah, these are super solid. Man, that peach was out of control. Out of control. Uh, I'm pretty happy with that one. That's uh, it's been a, It was a fun new project. It's, I love it. Ready? Yeah. Oh, that is oh wait, cool. did I do the face? Do you want to do the face? I, well, yeah. All right, I need a... I um, should have got, got a ball cap, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be backwards, backwards okay? Backwards is key. It's, a, it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's the uniform. Look what I've done to myself. <laughs> made myself have to do like this all the damn time. Here we go. Here we put him here. Right? Oh, you are a champion. 
You are a sport, right. Jeffrey. Look at that. Look at us. I'll send that. I'll put that on the Christmas card, mate. That is beautiful. <laughs> um, no, that's I'll, awesome, I'll, dude. I'll, I'll be expecting it in the mail. You, you expect it. It's coming. Now, this is awesome, bro. I feel like we really got like, you know, we got into everything you guys are doing. I'm, I'm super impressed. I'm glad I got the story direct. I appreciate your time. Um, the beer is genuinely fantastic. Um, I'm really happy for you that you're in the LCBO and the beer store and everything that, that's, you know, you're really moving forward with that. Um, I think the small batch stuff is, is, is phenomenal. Um, I would definitely want to you know, see that continue coming. Uh, please keep me in the loop, dude. Like I'm, I'm, I'm loving yeah. it. I want to, want to see what you're doing up there. It's, uh, it's very cool. You know, hitting all the, hitting all the, taking all the boxes for everybody. It's beautiful, man. I appreciate your time. This is great. I'm glad I'm connected. Yeah, no, same here. No, this has been great, and uh, can't wait to do it again. Oh, man, not even a question. Let's check in later in the year, early next year latest, and uh, see what's going on. We'll keep in touch in the meantime. Um, on that note, where can everybody find Canvas Brewing online, bro? Uh, at uh, canvasbrewing.com. Come check us out, and uh, we've got a virtual tour, uh, like Google Street View. You can come right in and check our uh, brewery as well, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be great. On uh, Instagram and uh, Facebook. At Canvas Brewing? At CanvasBrewing.com, yeah. Canvas Brewing as well. Or it's, uh, at Instagram, at Canvas Brewing, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah. Perfect. Um, that is amazing. Stick around for a sec. I'm going to wrap this up, and then we'll finish up on the uh, on the Perfect. Yeah. So, guys, everyone, thank you for uh, watching and listening. Uh, Shouts to Beer and Abozo. Great comments. That was really great. Mark, everyone who's commenting, uh, appreciate you. Hey. Oh, you're saying Oh, okay, reading out loud. I thought Tiff was trying to say something to me to make sure I covered something. Um, guys, thank you so much for watching. Uh, if you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up. Hit subscribe below. Hit the notification bell so you know when the new drops. Follow us on social media at BOS Podcast. And check out the long-form audio so you can hear attractive gentlemen like Uncle Jeffrey talk about craft beer every week. We are back next Thursday. We've got a Thursday and Friday double banger episode again. Mate, we are delivering right now. That is it. Appreciate y'all. We'll see you next week, guys. Have a great weekend. Peace.